So I'm looking at the whiteboard and I'm a bit confused. So I'm going to have Nick start us off on this section. <laughs> So 252. Nick's here. I'm right here. Justin's here. What's up, Dan? Jesse's here. But not as close as Nick. Nope. And, and the FNG's here, too. Huh? Say. I'm here. Huh? Huh? What? What? Where? Yeah, Nick and I are uh, we're up and close and personal here. Yep. We're right next to each other in Nick's trailer. I want to know. Don't want to know. Yes, you do. Yeah. Did you separate each other with the uh, the the hanging cloth deal? There's we did. A, there is a hanging cloth. Yes. It's not saran wrap, right? Nope. Actual. <laughs> no. That's the hey, hey, cloth. Nick. Nick. <laughs> that's for later. That's that's so oh. you don't see it coming, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Dutch oven setup. There we go. So yeah, I um, jumped in the car and drove over to Nick's. That I just decided to take an afternoon drive. Six hundred and the new car, just a- six hundred. Yeah, new commuter. Yeah, you like that? I do. I I actually do like it, dude. It's a nice looking car. Yeah, it looks nice. Uh, the I co- like the color. You do like the color? I do. It's bright. I didn't like the color at first. In fact, yeah. I almost didn't buy it because of the color. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kind of grew on me, but eh, enough of that. Here we are. Okay, the gang's all here. Uh, I I was uh I was at work last week, and you guys uh proceeded without me. Yep. See how it, it is. Yeah. It was fun, though. Fun working. <laughs> yeah. Good vacation. <laughs> Said no one ever. Good week off. Yeah. Good week off. Yeah. <laughs> working. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, Nick and I are in the trailer, right? You might, you might hear some strange noises, right? It's not Nick spreading fairy dust. It's rain is yes, what that is. It is. The we rain. have an ambiance of rain <laughs> on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. Very, very typical sound around uh, this neck of the woods. Especially this time of the half yeah. a year. And I saw a post, of course, you know, we all keep, we all uh, uh, chat, I guess, in, a, in a, a group Facebook chat. And I saw Jesse was uh, lamenting the fact that there's uh, nothing but rain for the next 15 days. Yeah, I checked the 15 day forecast and it was pretty much 50 to 100% chance of rain every single day yeah i, I saw that welcome, over, welcome to fall <laughs> and winter yeah. in the next six months <laughs> after i saw that i actually checked my 15-day forecast um back home and um pretty much not quite a 50 percent chance but definitely uh you know 20 to 30 percent chance of that rain. way yeah for the next 15 days every day I was yeah. talking to Ken recently, Dan, and he said that it was threatening snow. Uh, we got snow at 4,000 feet. The mountains oh, are yeah? just covered in snow right now. Yeah, it's uh, hmm. winter, winter's here. It's, it's here. I mean, it's, it's you know, 30 what's degrees your, in the morning. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What's your morning commute temperature? Yeah, it's, uh, it's right at freezing. Not, maybe not 
you know, not below 32, but right at 32. Cold, cold enough. Let's put it that way. Cold, cold enough that I don't like it. But enough of that oh, garbage. Winter is inevitable. There's nothing we can do about it. Winter cold is coming. Cold weather bastards. So, uh, did anybody do anything fun this week? Get any flying in, anyone? Fly, fly, yeah, fly. Oh, I guess that means Nick gets to go first. I am going to go first. I flew the shit out of some shit. Yes, yes, day before. No, yesterday. Are you sure? No. I know I flew, <laughs> it was but I don't know what dude. Thank you. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. Um, the the heli gods shineth upon me, and at 2.30, I was sitting there, 2.30 in the afternoon, I had billed out my uh, exuberant amount of hours already. My board was empty. I had no more cars to fix, and they tried to hand me some hodgepodge of work, and I said, no, thank you. I'm out. So I left <laughs> two hours early, came home, grabbed my kid. He got out of school, grabbed the trailer, went out to the field, and proceeded to fly, 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 and enjoy the sunshine. And it was marvelous. Now, why was it so marvelous? Well, because I was flying, but it was also so marvelous because I am finally back at home with all of my models on the Hobby Wing Gov. Now, don't get me wrong. Or, I mean, excuse me, on the V-Bar Gov. The, don't get me wrong, the Hobby Wing Gov is great, but at the end of the day, that which is the V-Bar Governor just dominates and rules. So it was really cool to have uh, all of those fixed and flying. I actually got, you know, Kyle, when we were at our fun file, or at our fun fly, Kyle, I know, having a hard time already. I'll, I'll Let me take it's, a it's more. It's the hot apple pie. It's the hot <laughs> apple pie. <laughs> there is some right here. <laughs> Kyle, I watched him do a flight at a much slower head speed, and I was really impressed with the way that with the way that the heli flew. It just it didn't have those kind of inherent lower head speed bobbles, and he was he was flying it fairly hard. So I asked him, and he's like, "Oh man, I think it's like fifteen hundred or something." So I kind of thought to myself, and I said, you know, I've never really tried that range. I've done in the 1100s, 1200s, and then I've done the 1700 on up, but I'd never put it in that range. So I, I got I got the governor all tuned in, got my bank three all set up. I settled on 1940 with the 710s, Hobby Wing 160 on the V-Bar Gov. How many degrees of pitch? 13. Know? 13. 13. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it is amazing. If anything, with no canopy, possibly even, I mean, it is in wind, it might be just a hair lightly discloded, believe it or not. Because mm -hmm. it, it shits and gets. Like, I'm really happy with the performance. Very poppy, very floaty. Uh, it was, it was super easy to tune. Uh, just kind of like everything was, was right. So then what I did is I copied that across all my banks, got that one saved. And what I've kind of decided on is I'm going to use bank three as my, you know, that's going to be like my normal flying bank. And then I set up bank one. I went down to 15 and just really put some effort. Usually when I fly low head speed, I just, you know, 
bump the tailgate up a little bit and leave everything else the same. But this time I really put some effort into tuning mostly the tail, getting the pre-comp right, getting the tailgate right, getting the head gain proper. And I settled on 1550. I got to tell you, I put four packs through it just like that. I had on what a, blades, Nick? Uh, seven tenths. Okay. Yep. And Justin, the first thing I thought of when I flew it, I actually thought of you. I thought, dude, Justin would really, mm-hmm. really like this. Like at 1550 on 710s, it feels nice and smooth and, and even a little floaty. Buttery. Oh, It is a range. Like 770 buttery? Yep. 100% like 770 buttery. It is a range in which the head, and I've just never tried that head speed range. The head happens to tune very well. And only on the hardest of collective, just, you know, full stick stops, do you get a little bit of elevator bobble, which it's it's a damper bobble. I I couldn't get it tuned out. And I kind of expect that a little bit. But the key there was the gov. It was getting the gov dialed in and tuned to where, I mean, you can just, I was shocked at the governor performance, how well it holds right at that range. And I was able to do everything. I was actually doing Piro TikToks at 1550. Mm. Nice. Wow. wow. Yeah. Now, no Impressive. canopy again. So, you know, a little bit lighter. But um, I think if you threw that sucker on like a 130, and, and that's seven. On those old ass batteries, that's seven minutes of yeah. I mean, you just described yeah. what I think I could get out of the Black Thunder. Yes, one hundred with the right setup. Yep, it was great. Like I, I just can't stress how it, you know the first couple of flights that I did at nineteen forty. I think three flights or four flights, getting it tuned in. It was awesome. It flies amazing, but it's it's fast you know it's quick it really moves quickly and it's very responsive and i I went up jesse i think you would really like to fly mine now because i Mm -hmm. almost i can almost guarantee that our cyclic is the same now okay because you still leave the tail where it was yep yep still I'm, i'm a comfortable tail guy where it is but the cyclic is so much quicker than before and i know you go ahead did you do that with like overall flip and roll or add yeah, peak, like the pitch boost or what? Yeah. So what I had what noticed you? was that a lot of my maneuvers, I weren't, I felt like I was way too far into the sticks to get them to do stuff and to get okay. the bigger cyclic maneuvers to flow really well. I was just doing huge, huge stirs. And yeah. what I had figured out was that I had kind of tuned myself into the response off center being normal, right? But uh, So I was kind of a little quicker off center, but then my overall flip and roll rate was just way, it was just too low. So when I was going out farther in the sticks, I wasn't getting the response I was needing it out there a ways. It felt fine Mm -hmm. around center. So as long as I was doing kind of on and off maneuvers, it was fine. So I, I dropped the response down a little bit, but then brought the uh, flip and Overall. roll rates yeah, up quite a bit. And it added a lot more. Um, 
It just added a lot more response farther out in the sticks. And all of my pyro flips cleaned up a lot. TikToks were much cleaner. Um, it just really made a big difference. And it's fun because when you drop it down to 1550 and the, and the gov's holding well, the cyclic's identical. I mean, it doesn't change yeah. at all. So it, well, that's one one thing that's interesting is I've always noticed, and I'd be curious to fly it now that you know that cyclic you've always been just that overall flip and ro- roll rate's been a little bit less because if you were to stand there and watch like when I'm doing pyro flips and you watch the we'll call it the diameter of the circle that I make with the cyclic when you're stirring versus the diameter of the circle that you make when you're stirring yours is probably almost twice the size. Yeah, it was a lot I bigger, and that's fine. Yeah. Like it's not that big of a deal. When you're not, how do I put it? When you're doing maneuvers very slowly, you know, when you slow your flying down a little bit um, and and do them slower, it's not as big of a deal. But I noticed in order to get everything sped up a little bit, I was just, I felt like I was just, you know, stirring this huge pot. Like it was just too much, even for me. It was just too much. It didn't have enough response out out towards the end. So it's fun. Okay, so here's the question. Yeah. How much does it weigh? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to weigh it for you. I think that w- with the canopy on and 5,000s in this setup, it's like 12 point, uh, what is it? 12.3, I think. Okay, it's not a 700, bad. It's a 700 comp? Yeah, it's just a stock comp. Yeah. It's not a carbon, and that's with the 160. And I will be so putting the, my 130 back in. So the Black Thunder actually would be a little bit lighter. Uh, yeah, fair amount lighter. Yeah. yeah, it's probably another quarter to a third of a pound lighter, I believe. Yeah, big difference. And you're not on 50. 700s, dude. Well, no, but see, I don't even so know that I would. 11 and a quarter. Yeah, I would put the, I would not run the the black thunder on 710s i don't think. Yeah, i just 700s. don't think you would need to with a 130 maybe but yeah with 690s 130 amp speed controller 4525 people are coming in at about 11 and a quarter to 11 and a half yeah what size packs uh 4500 to 5000 okay yeah that's the money zone yeah that's, that's it right it's, there it's, it would be great right there i i totally ditch ditch the flippers put the regular skids on it you know, get, um, no just, ditch the flippers. <laughs> yeah, screw those things. I'm not a big fan. You're of the just flippers. you're just mad because you can't land with them. <laughs> <laughs> I tip over <laughs> one three eighty, and I'll never hear the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was nice though, and so I go to fly the night. Oh man, it's frustrating. My little rant. I'm way over the whole. Uh, the the Neo case, like it's time for a new case. They they really need to come out with an upgraded case. Now this doesn't have anything to do with the case, but it's just what comes into my mind. My intent because this Nitro has been through hell trying to get it working. That's the only thing I can assume. How and why I don't know, but my antenna broke. My one of the antennas broke. <laughs> right, you know, broke the tip off. Of course, the portion that actually mm. does all the work. 
So I'm like, okay, well, it's not a big deal. I will go ahead and strip off the appropriate amount off the other one. I've done it before. So I go to do that. Whole antenna breaks off right at the case. Oh. And it's just this Neo is is just, God, right in the dick, man. It just, this is the one I've swapped cases on. <sighs> I'm frustrated. So now I know for a fact that I'm going to have to replace the case again when I take it off to put an antenna on it. Because every time you move them, the tabs break. So that's a little mm. bit frustrating. But who knows? This one might end up being my test bed, like we were talking since Mikado announced now that we can get those uh, kind of the, the dummy Neos and run them as a receiver. I have Justin sent back to 3Digi, so maybe I'll just, uh, while I'm doing the work on this Neo, I'll, I'll pick up another one of those um, receiver deals and, and then throw the 3Digi on there and, and fly it in the meantime. Which reminds me, I have to actually talk about the three digi on the speed. Probably we'll do it. Well, let, let's do next week. Okay. Cool. So yeah, that was it. It it felt amazing. It felt great. Uh, it was just awesome to get back out flying again. I started. Oh, I also bumped up. You know, I've been for a long time. I have been a big advocate of not turning the motor in auto rotation mode. Like no way. I want it all au natural. But I'm kind of almost starting to change my tune a little bit. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, as long as you know it, going into it, that that's what it's going to do, I feel like safety side of it, I can, it's a habit that I can create to just know that if I, you know, if I crash or I tip over or whatever, I need to get all the way into the motor off position, like stat. Um, so I'm not too worried about it there, but the, the respools are so much nicer and I, it's like, I have it low enough to where it won't even hold the model in a hover and it's really not going to, how do I put it? It's not going to allow me to do something during the auto that I wouldn't be able to do normally. But what it does is make the respools, if the head speed gets really low, not so scary. That kind of make a sense? Yeah. Cheater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Cheater. you know, and I'm okay with it because it was fun. Like I had a lot, I felt just a lot more confidence inspiring. I have my respool rate set to where <laughs> actually when I was dinking around tuning, I would bring it in, uh, hit our rotation, land it and put it at mid stick and it's sitting on the ground spinning, I would change my tuning and then bail back out of it on the ground. And I run my blades pretty tight. And it was like that perfect amount where it spooled back up, but it did it with authority, but it didn't spin on the ground. (laughs) Didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't do anything bad. And it was like, wow, this is awesome. No more waiting for soft start. Now I wouldn't do that if it was totally stopped, you know, cause I've done it and it doesn't work out all that well. (laughs) But, yeah, it was fun. I was even messing around with, like, the crazy, almost like uh, back-flipping and front-flipping autos just because my confidence was way up. Like, well, if I cock up my collective, um, I just felt a lot more confident that I couldn't get into that accidental blade stop, where which I've 
definitely well, been before. It's like you can push it just a little bit further. Yeah, and then when you just bail open out... that envelope up just a little bit more. Yeah, and when you bail out of pushing it a little further, it's not incrementally scarier <laughs> either. <laughs> it's kind of like fake boobs. I mean, they're still boobs, but they're fake. Yeah, yeah. and I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm with you, Dan. I like that. Uh, That's a great analogy. Hey, boobs are boobs, dude. <laughs> Well, yeah. and, and that is indeed sure. the fact. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I might make a joke about it later, but <laughs> when I'm there, I'm in it. <laughs> Wait, is this boobs or autos, Nick? Uh, both. Yeah. So that, that was my week. I did put up. Oh, yeah. I also put up. I had a lot of people asking. Apparently, I did a really bad job and or it's just a little confusing anyway explaining uh, the opto cable wiring for the version 4 Hobby Wing ESCs, fixing the RPM output issue. So I hopped on the YouTubes and made a little made a little video, put that up on my channel, shared it on our Facebook page, and all through Heli Freak. So I uh, went over the wiring on that, showing you guys how to do it. With flying season in full swing, in midsummer right around the corner, one of the most important things to me is getting parts quickly. There's absolutely nothing worse than being out at the field all weekend, banging out the flights only to end the weekend with a crash, and to know that you might not be able to get the parts in time to have your heli ready for next weekend. I always look for parts at LowerHeli.com, as they have excellent customer service, and of course, fast shipping. I know that as soon as I place an order, Ken is on it. So for all your parts needs, be sure to check out LowerHeli.com. I'm actually a little aggravated because Nick uh, Nick got out to get some flying in. So I had been looking at the freaking forecast the entire week. And like Jesse mentioned, it looked like it was going to be raining towards the latter half of the week. But... This week is my Friday off week, so we're recording here on a Thursday. Tomorrow, I've got all day off. Well, guess what? Yesterday was the last good day to fly. Yep. So, I, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but I think I'm pretty much screwed. I will be uh, knocked down to just simple wrenching on my day off and over the weekend because I'm also seeing... 15 days of actually a hundred, like 80 to a hundred percent chance of rain. So it's just like, uh, it's a kick right in the teeth, man. So mm. what I've been doing instead is going through and doing sort of, you know, I, I, I hate to say winter prep, but let's face it. It's pretty much going to be fall winter here from here on out. Uh, I talked about last week, uh, getting the, the Hobbywing 130 installed in the Goblin 500 Sport 3-blade. Obviously, that did not get tested. My plan was to test it tomorrow on my day off, so that'll have to wait. Um, I have pulled the Diablo Speed apart. Still haven't found any smoking guns on it, but I am getting it prepped to uh, send the fuselage back. i got to get in contact with Chuck and see if we can get that worked out so that I can get the color that I wanted. Uh, and then what I decided to do, uh, and this is this is painful, let me tell you, 
is go through and convert all my batteries over to the new connectors that I've gone with. So, you know, I've talked about it for the last couple of years. I run the RC Pro Plus, the Supra Xs, right? And they're those triangular ones with the little sort of like a back flange that you can screw on to the main uh, plastic housing with three like 1.5 millimeter screws, right? Awesome connectors, nice positive detent with a click. Um, But the newer ones that they've got, I believe they're called the D6s, uh, are really nice because they don't have any screws. The problem with the screws are if you do uh, take the the connectors apart to clean them, which I do. I mean, uh, you know, after a number of cycles, you get some of the black gunk in there. Uh, on speed, I don't want to deal with having any sort of carbon buildup or anything that can increase resistance. So I pop the covers off ever so often, uh, you know, uh, clean them out lightly with a little bit of sandpaper um, and then put a little bit of the, the lubricant on there, the electrical lubricant, and we're good to go. Um, but when you unscrew and screw back in those little 1.5 millimeter hexes, after about three or four cycles, the edges, the corners of the triangular flange that bolt that it bolts down to start cracking. And then before you know it, there's no retention. So I went to Mm. the D sixes. These are sort of like the bigger square versions. You know, which ones I'm talking about guys with like the, like the plastic clips on the side that you can choose the different colors, right? You, yeah, you'd seen them Nick before I did the conversion on the TDR two. So that was the only model, that and the Diablo that were running them before. And it's just because I was in the middle of the season. I didn't want to mess around with switching everything out. So I started the process this week of, you know, grabbing a battery, desoldering, cleaning things up, putting the new connectors on. I'm, you know, I'm slowly making my way through it. So that's a little bit of a project. Um, Nothing too exciting. Although... I am noticing that after the number of cycles that I put on these packs, at least with the D's, even or with the with the X's, sorry, the triangular ones, even with attention to detail on the solder joint and making sure that I don't get solder wicking up into the sort of past the top of the, the connector housing and stiffening the wire. Just with the kinds of angles and stretches and all that uh, that it takes to get these things connected in these speed heli canopies, um, I I found a couple of batteries that had just started to show signs of damage to the wire. So a couple of strands on the outer diameter breaking, you know, kind of like separated. Uh, So I'm really feeling good about having gone through and done this because on the ones that I did find that on, I basically clipped the leads back a little bit. So now I've got clean sort of virgin wire full gauge, full gauge, gauge, exactly, Jesse, and then resoldered them that way. Um, That's something that I guess I've never noticed before. I've never really looked for it. This one just kind of caught me off guard. But have you guys seen that in your batteries before? I've noticed it 
not not so much on the larger you know batteries that have 10 or 12 gauge leads i have noticed it on smaller uh, gauge wiring you know your 14 16 receiver pack um type uh batteries i've definitely noticed it you know going into the ec3 connectors and that type of stuff but i can't say in my experience i've ran into it on anything that's 8 10 or 12 gauge myself yeah same here yeah, I was a little surprised with it as well because the, you know, all the speed packs, the bigger ones are basically 10 gauge wire. That's a lot of strands. And losing a couple of them is not that big of a deal, but it's more of a to me it's sort of a sign or or an indicator that something is happening that's causing this shit to get stressed. Uh, you know, through the various plug-in and disconnect cycles. And so I'm going to pay a little bit more attention to that as we go along. Um, I have also begun the painstaking process of cleaning up the work area, the garage. <laughs> now, let's let's if, set if you the didn't stage make here. this a yearly event, it wouldn't be so painful. Yeah. You're, so well, now, now, hold on. It, it, it hasn't actually been a yearly event. I've been doing it a little bit more frequently. And the garage of today is far improved uh, compared to the garage of, you know, previous seasons. It's just that when you get into the, I mean, especially coming up and getting ready for Urcha. So it's like Urcha and then it's our fun fly in quick succession. So stuff just kind of gets thrown around and it gets a little cluttered. It's not nearly as bad as it's been before. Uh, But, the cool thing is, like usual, see, I, I kind of it's a it's a double edged sword. I don't want to clean it because it. I know it's like, oh, there's there's a lot of work ahead of me to get this thing ready to go. But on the other hand, I also recognize that more often than not, I find shit. So I found <laughs> some more shit. <laughs> I found a spare tail servo. Didn't know I had it. Wow. I found a uh, spare Bavarian Demon flybarless system, but the old, like, Heli Command, like the Heli Command 3X in, like, the bright blue anodized. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Which there's and no difference, though, right? No difference at all. It's just the color and the name printed on the on the box or the, the little uh, system. Okay. And I found some spare goblin parts. Oh, man. Feathering shaft, main shaft. Now, we've talked about the main shaft before. I can drive them in, and I've I've never bent a, a goblin main shaft, so I'm not sure that that's going to do me all that good. But uh, feathering shaft, main shaft, actually a couple of packages of the big, beefy, um, what are they, uh, thrust bearings that go in the head. Mm. Yeah, man. It's kind of sure. like uh kind of like Helly Christmas. I didn't even have to do anything. I think I'd clean my shop more if I was finding stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's always something lying around. No uh, run-ins with CA. I didn't find that I had, you know, glued the servo to the desk or any shit like that. I know that's the that's the first thing people think of. Uh so that was a nice little surprise and then other than that, I am trying to gear up for getting back into the sim mentality. So I started simming again this week. It's painful as hell. I'm trying to commit to it. 
uh i i can see it's gonna benefit me but man it just feels like a long road ahead uh so back to next i so are you simming for 3d or for speed oh no i'm simming for 3d yeah i i do sim for speed uh just to make sure that i'm getting lines straight and consistent but if you've ever tried to do speed in the sim you'll notice that the way that the camera works makes it really tricky and disorienting. So there's a limit to what you can really get out of it. So no, it's it's all 3D, Dan. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much been my week, and I don't think I'm going to get flying in anytime soon if it's not in front of a computer. You guys all know me. And you definitely know what I look for when it comes to helicopters, and that is reliability. For several months now, and hundreds of flights, I've been flying the MSH Protos Max. I'm to the point where I have complete confidence when this heli's in the air. I know that the quality manufacturing and the amazing part support from MSH USA will keep this model at the top of my list. For those of you looking for a top-notch 700 or even an 800-class helicopter, that screams quality and has an unbeatable price tag, look no further than MSHUSA.com. Uh, similar to Justin, been a little bit of a slow, well, as far as flying goes, a slow heli week. Uh, last weekend out of town. Um, and then this week completely got screwed over at work. We were having... As the project that I'm working on transitions over into the final execute detailed engineering phase, we were having some kickoff meetings, and these were like off-site, all-day kickoff meetings, so completely sucked. Didn't get home till you know, 9, 10 o'clock each night, so long, long days. Didn't get, Did not get a chance like Nick to capitalize on that little bit of nice weather that we did have, which does not look like it will be continuing forward, but... In addition to that, I did get a couple little things done, um, helicopter related. One thing was a little bit of generator maintenance. I realized that, you know, saw it sitting there, usually on all the camping trips and whatnot, I take it. And then obviously every single time out of the field generator, the Honda 2000 comes right along with me. And so I realized it'd been quite a long time since I'd, you know, pulled the air filter, the air cleaner, air filter out, pulled the, uh, Spark plug out, take take a look at that, and then change the oil. So definitely time for all of that stuff. And then just, you know, typical winter maintenance on it. If I, for my generator at least, I don't know about you guys, for mine, if I leave normal gas in that thing for month to two months without, you know, giving it a good run or working it, it never fails that the carburetor is going to plug up. So just went through, added a little bit of stabilizer, seafoam to the gas and whatnot. So Took care of some of the punch list items. In addition to that, a little bit of, it's kind of just a a maintenance week. All the tools that go into flying, you know, a little bit of motorhome maintenance, as uh, I'm sure Nick can attest to, the maintenance never ends with those things. So brake job, propane leak, change the oil, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So getting that thing tuned up and uh, ready to go into storage for the winter before the cover gets put on and whatnot. And then a couple of the other things I was working on. So I did start tearing down and working on the Protos. If you remember back, I didn't want to tear down a you know perfectly good model right before the fun fly. 
and then got in some flying last week. And then after we recorded last uh, Thursday, this week, I did get a chance to do some wrenching and get the V-Bar torn off of the Protos and start getting that thing installed in the N7. So I wanted to get that squared away and make sure that that was a V-Bar issue that I was seeing with the cyclic issues. So if the weather ever clears up here, I should be able to you know, get a couple flights in on that, get some troubleshooting done. I did uh, quickly realize, so I don't know, just a little bit of an oversight from seeing the, you know, tearing the V-Bar off the Protos and then going to start installing that on the N7. Realizing it, but not fully realizing what it would take to get that V-Bar installed, just being that, you know, the blue line that I had on there, it was the remote sensor. It wasn't, it wasn't a mini, so I had all the wiring kind of running up to the receiver tray or to the battery tray on the front of the model and not necessarily to the tray where the gyro is mounted or the sensor was mounted in that case. And so now that putting the Neo on there, it's going to take a little bit of rework, um, reroute some of the wiring and whatnot, but shouldn't take too long and have that wrapped up here shortly and then just waiting for the weather to break. And then let's see. The last thing was continuing on with the gasser research. And one thing that I wanted to get your guys' opinion on. So I've been really just kind of thinking about this lately and kind of starting to you know plan out a little bit of a build and timing, what motor, pipe, doing, you know, doing my research as usual when I'm planning a heli build. And I'm just kind of sitting here thinking, all right, looking at my fleet, which you know, right now is nitro, both 700 size nitro and electric. And I'm just going, man, does this... Does it make sense to add a third model and then have really three different uh, fuel sources or three different power systems of helis, you know, an electric, a nitro, and a gasser? Does it make sense to just stick with one fuel-powered helicopter, you know, maybe replace the nitro? Um, obviously, the electric is staying 100%. That, that position is fixed, but I don't know. I'm really kind of struggling and kicking around that second position do i add it as another model is that you know we always talk about how oh don't make the nitro your kind of daily flyer your practice machine just we all know they can kind of go through phases have issues um, parts wear out a lot faster a lot more maintenance and so i don't know i know like dance was it from your point of view have you ever thought about adding like a nitro back into your fleet because i know used to be straight nitro and now you've worked gas in there has it you thought about having both, or would it be like a full replacement? Well, you know, actually, this is something I think about quite regularly, because it's like, um, I will tell you this, that with the gassers, I have, I would say, less of a desire for the nitro, and I've always been a nitro fan, right? Mm-hmm. I think for for me, I think it's all, it, I think the gasser has done a pretty good job of replacing replacing the nitro However, for you, I don't, I don't necessarily think it will. And, and, here, and here's why. Because, you know, when you're, one thing I, I sometimes miss, even though it really doesn't, it, it, you know, it doesn't speak to a specific maneuver. However, mm-hmm. when I'm flying like the 570 or somebody else's 700 or something, the one thing that the gasser can't really give you, um, which sometimes is fun to do, is just, just jamming the sticks and just uh, really pulling out of a maneuver, right? The gasser really is not yep. going to be able to give you that. 
if you think that that's okay and you just want to kind of work on smooth, you know, mm-hmm. kind of uh, more advanced uh, 3D or sports stuff, I think it'd be all right. But I, I think from the, how you fly and how you, you know, how well you can fly, I think that, I think you would end up missing that, but maybe the electrical fill that gap, that gap for you. In other words, I think it's kind of, it's, it's, uh, it's subjective in that it all depends for me. Yeah. I think it's okay. I'd have no, Mm -hmm. at this particular point, I have no desire to, uh, to pick up a nitro and I've always been a huge nitro dude, but I don't know. I think you'd miss it. I really, I think you would miss it. Yeah. And I I mean, I definitely see what you're saying about just kind of getting in that groove and jamming on the six, because especially with. You know, some of these newer motors and like the motor having the nitro right now, it's, it's nuts. So, I mean, you're totally right. The, I, and I know that I say, I know it consciously, but without having actually experienced it and adding that gasser to the fleet, um, I'm not sure I can, you know, fully comprehend Yeah, I mean, the changes, the changes that that would bring. So that's a good point. That's just, it's so satisfying when you just reef on it and it just, it just grunts, but yet pulls, yeah. you know, it's just, and it loves it, but you can't, you know, the gasser will, will grunt and then it'll die. <laughs> you know? No, it's not that bad. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't die, but you, you'll feel Keel the head speed and... bleed off. I mean, the head speed's going to bleed off on you really mm-hmm. quick and uh, it, it'll pull. I mean, you've seen these, you know, you've seen Nick oh, fly yeah. mine and I've it'll, seen it'll, Nick fly it. It'll, do, it. it'll fly do it. Yeah. But I agree with you, Dan. I don't think Jesse would ha- be happy with just a gas. I don't think so either. I, I don't see it, but there's because one you thing watch you... him oh, beat the shit out of that N seven. And that 96 has power for everyone. And you're not going to get that out of the gasser. You're not. No, but you know, one thing that the gasser does give you that is for me, uh, just in the time that I've spent with Dan's and, you know, when he's over here and we're flying, mm-hmm. dude, Jesse, you know, you screw with a nitro. This is Period. true. I mean, you clean yeah. it. Oh, yeah. You screw with it. Gasser. Yeah. The gasser is like the electric of the fuel model. It is. It is. You That's just true. Go. Start. Fly, land, start, fly, refuel, land, start, fly. It's just over Not and over. Not to mention f- the, the fly section is a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, I mean, not a ton. Yeah. To be quite honest, I don't think yeah, that well, you would get well, much I can, more I than... Can get, well, yeah, Jesse, you might not be able, but I can get nine minutes out of mine. See, I can drain his in about seven, seven, seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so still pick up a good minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah, but there's just... But. It's when you're done with it, you fold the blades and hang it up, and it's it's no different. I don't think maintenance wise. I mean, maybe over the long term, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I haven't owned one long enough to know when when to, you know when it's time to re ring a mm-hmm. motor or whatever. But on a day to day flying, it's it's literally no different, if not way more convenient than an electric. It's yeah. just yeah. heavier, so it. Right. You don't get yep. that performance like Dan was saying. And, and yep. sp- speaking to the um, kind of the maintenance-free aspect, for example, just the change in elevation from, say, here, which is damn near sea level, right? Pretty close to it, right, Nick? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And where I fly at about 3,900, uh, now, that gasser will start with a blip, whether I start it here at Nick's, or I start it back home at 3,900 feet and it just wants to mm-hmm. run. Yeah. And I never, you know, I will dick with the tuning a little bit just 
and it's very minimal just because, you know, I want to try to get the best performance I can. But that's just, that speaks to the maintenance free aspect. I mean, you know, it's, it's still a fuel model. It's, 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 yeah, it's a little, it's a lot cleaner <laughs> than a nitro, not as clean as an electric. But when it comes down to the performance aspect, that's, that's where I think you would miss flying the fuel nitro. Yeah, because yeah, it'll never scratch the late in the evening sun starting to yes, go down. Never. Like, get in yep. your groove and it'll there never do. There is no exhaust. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, no, that's true. And, and the yeah, just the little bit, le- the less power and the little more weight and the lack of smoke. It'll never scratch that, but I don't know. I say own all three. That's, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's kind of I the direction that I would, I would like to head, I think. Yeah, and I I can definitely see the appeal to that. I'm just not sure if I have you guys. I don't want to. How about how about this, Jesse? Own all three initially, and if after you've experienced it, you feel so compelled that you're like nitro, what? Then get rid of the N7. Yeah, that's true. That's probably one of the. That's probably the best option. And to be to be truthful, I've never. I've only ever flown other people's. Which, if I'm happy with flying other people's, I feel like there is more yes. customizing to be done, weight yep. reduction, you know what I mean? You'll be more happy with your own model. Yes. Keep that in mind, too. And tuning, too. I always just fly at whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, because I fly mine rich on purpose. Yeah. Uh, because I, it's it's fine for me. But mm-hmm. I'm at a slight disadvantage because I'm not at home and, and I don't have my file cabinet near me, but I'm 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 guessing that i haven't signed any uh permission for you guys to get into night into uh gassers oh, oh okay dan has the market corner i think so i i think that I, uh carrie I, would disagree there pal no 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 no, no. see I, I don't know if you guys know this but i'm the king of gassers you are the king this this is this is the era of self-proclamation really? <laughs> no it is yeah i mean you know Tariq is the self-proclaimed king of 3d right this is the era of self-proclamation. So okay, well, I, what, I can roll with you. Being what does one have to do but, to be worthy to own one? Yeah, get my permission. Oh, okay, a handy. I mean, just my permission. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> eye contact or no? <laughs> no eye contact. Okay, because that's, that's where no. I draw the line. Eye contact. Yeah, that is, is that, that's that draws. Too far. That's 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 past the line. You've taken it to a whole new level yeah. at that point. Um, no, Jesse, I think you, so, you, you, uh, you should get, you should, I, Justin's suggestion is, is perfect because you yeah, can always get, 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 rid, get rid of one if you decide, weigh you know, it out, get, see yeah. what, yeah, see how it works. But I don't think, I don't think your nitro's going anywhere. Even if you did I, find a gas, I guess on your my doorstep biggest tomorrow. concern, which I know Nick kind of hit on was the maintenance side of things. Cause I just think if, if you were to take on another model, or if, you know, if I was to take on another model that required just as much maintenance as a nitro did, that would make it very unappealing. Very, um, very. Ju- just because then you're going, oh my goodness, I only have one electric, one, you know, one model that's getting the majority of my flights, but I have these two other models, which both of them cost more than the electric. <laughs> and, you know, you're just kind of like, I, I think it would become very overwhelming with all the maintenance um, quite quickly. But if that isn't the case uh, with the gasser and just not having the experience to know the answer to that, um, then that could definitely change things. 
You'd enjoy it. If it I got to tell you, man, if someone walked up and had one in their hands, they had a, they had a goblin gasser with uh like a with the three hundred in it, and they mm-hmm. wanted my seven seventy. I don't couldn't tell you how long that seven seventy would. Are be. you serious, Nick? Yo, I'm dead serious. What about your hey, what Nick, about your you trade? What's that? Do you want to trade one of my gassers? No, because I want you to have your three hundred. I can buy another three hundred. Oh, that's fair. Maybe Dan wants a seven seven. I kind of do. Oh, jeez. Oh, do we want to go there? Oh boy, I, we'll have to talk about that. I think we should. Y'all have. I'll have my people call your people. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll do lunch. My people call your, <laughs> call your people, and we'll do lunch. I like that idea. That is, I actually do like nice. that idea, Nick. I'm serious. Yeah. Okay. I got to think about it now because now you just called my bluff. See and I'm not sure. See? No, it's See like, did there? Crap. I just painted you into a corner, bitch. <laughs> but I love that. I love that. Oh, I love that. That that 300. I love it. All right. Yeah, I'm not against Anyways. buying another 300. I'm not. Because that's like getting a 770 for like 500 bucks. The mo- yeah, yeah, I got you. Hmm. All right. No, that's true. That that help you, Jesse? Yeah. No, no, no. That that definitely clears some things up. I like I said, I'm still just just piecing it together. I think I'm taking the patient route because I'm waiting for some other stuff to uh, potentially hit the market. So. so- Am I gonna? If I ask you, um, which which gasser are you planning on getting? Does that mean I'm admitting to maybe not listening to an episode? Have you said? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, Dan, I said that uh, last week. You did. You I listening, even, buddy? I even edited that show. Man, really? oh, was it two weeks ago? I don't oh, know. two weeks I ago, <laughs> I didn't hear that one. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, I've I don't have it nailed down yet. I I think there's some draws to the protos gasser yes um maybe not well i don't i don't know i mean the 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 airframe's solid so i would like to think that the people designing the gasser portion of that definitely know what they're doing so might not be a bad idea to jump on the first wave of that you've Um, been in contact with carrie right you've been talking with him oh yeah okay good yep he won't screw you wrong um and so you know i would say Kind of leaning towards that one right now, but nothing's nothing's official. Nothing's locked down. I can be convinced otherwise. You don't want the so, Agile seven point two gasser, Jesse. That's that's second on my list, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> right below one point one, one point two, one point three, one point four. <laughs> right next to the air hog gasser. You know what I want to do? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, Justin, what, dude? Black Thunder Gasser. Dun, dun, oh, dun. that could work. Maybe. It could. Yeah, <gasps> it would weigh like 15 pounds, but it would work. No. No, why would it weigh 15 pounds? I'm being really sarcastic. I was going to say. Yes, I think it would work. I think it would <gasps> work pretty badass because it's actually lightweight. Yeah. and be, Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh Oh, oh, shit. Oh shit! All right, mm-hmm. go ahead. So it begins. No, that that was all. Got some motorhome maintenance done. Got some generator maintenance done. Which do you guys ever change the oil in your generators? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, about once I, a year. I'm adamant. I was going to say it. that. That's like a that is a real thing. I like change mine every two months. Oil once a year. Oh, that's good. Every two months. Yeah, every two do, months. Every two I usually months. do twice a year. Dude, I am an oil change freak. I in every vehicle I own, I don't ever exceed. 
my predetermined allotment of miles. And uh, every seven thousand, whether it needs it or no, not. No, motorcycle every twenty five hundred, car every five thousand. And yet, damn, never clean your bench in the trailer. I was Weird. gonna say, Mister Jiffy Lube <laughs> over here is on top of car maintenance. Uh, you guys suck. But, I feel like if you could it. drop the, if you could pull the trailer through a quick clean, it would be clean oh, all dude, the time. Dude, I'm all over that. <laughs> yeah, My, I actually do have a quick clean. I just need to drag Good it over back. here. Drag it over. Yeah, bring it over Drag here. Drag it over to Nick's place. Yeah, asshole. And, yeah, then he goes, and then I actually have to tell him to not to do it. He's like, he looks in there and he goes, so what, uh, what do you say we clean this trailer up? Nah, it's fine. No, seriously. What do you say we clean this fucking trailer up? <laughs> no. You know, it's easy to sit back in a big cushy business chair in a nice big office and Make the call on how products should be. But if you want to stand behind products that you believe in, you better get out there and fly them yourself. Well, that's exactly what Burt at BK Designs does. Whether he's putting the hurt to the BK servos, smacking the crap out of the switchblades, or tweaking on the Spartan flybarless system, you know the products you buy from BK Designs are flown and tested from the man himself. That's www. Dot bkdesigns.com flown tested approved oh man uh well last week i was so freaking stoked because i had gotten my warp parts all ordered i was going to get it back together get it in the air and i did for about 15 more seconds <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no it's fine because it's pretty much a joke at this point to me too but uh, tail, uh, the tail pitch arm s- screw broke right at the mount. Uh, it w- I brought it up in the air, and it was uh, it had vibrations. I probably shouldn't even take it off the ground, but, you know, whatever. Now, what heli was that? It's a small helicopter. The warp. The warp the 360. Yeah. yeah. Nice. It's the, str- uh, it's the stretch, man. I'm telling you. Yep. Yeah, it probably is, but also I was looking at it. And there's something bent in the drivetrain because the main gear is rubbing on the frame in the back and it should have clearance. And that's a good indicator that I've bent something that shouldn't be bent, mm. whether it be one of the bearing blocks or the auto hub. Oh, so, so that may have been lurking around all along. I'm thinking it may have and just has been showing up with kind of some weird really weird symptoms because I was getting apparent motor vibes from the logs with brand new motor cans with brand new bearings in the state, uh, in the staters and it's a belt driven heli. So it, it's not, no gear meshes anywhere. And, and I'm thinking that, yeah, I have a, a bent auto hub or something, but I wanted to ask you guys, cause I, I wasn't really sure on this. If it, there's uh Oh, hang on, hang no. on. Let me interrupt you. I'll give you the answer. Yep. Fly a different brand of helicopter. Uh, I knew that was coming. Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness. Oh. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> oh, now I know why I'm here, so I can be beat on That's right. my compass love. Um so it, I've got uh belt tensioner pulleys pretty much on both belts. There's one there's a uh, there's one right next to the motor pinion. If that bearing's bad, is my 
vibration frequency going to be near the same speed as like what the pinion's spinning at? I couldn't wrap my brain around that. Where is the bearing? It's it's a it's a, what do you call it? It's a tensioner bearing on the main belt, and it's about the same radius in size as the pinion. So I assumed it'd probably be turning around that same speed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it, so it would be motor frequency. So if I so I'm going to pull the tensioner assembly all apart too and replace all the bearings in it. I don't know how if they're good or bad, but anyway, I didn't have any damage other than just the that pitch arm screw breaking, and I autoed it down, and it's no problem. So I don't know. I'll dig into more more of that. It's it's almost permanent bench time for me for the next couple months anyway. So. Uh, it, I'll have time to get it done. The rest of the week has just been mostly late nights working on new sim models. So that's that's been fun. I'm nearing the finish line on the ones that I'm working on, so it's a good good feeling. And it's a lot of work going from, you know, either measuring parts with my little micrometer and my calipers and, you know, fiddling around on the computer or... Uh, CAD models help a lot and do all the texturing and stuff. Um, so we should be seeing some compass models coming out for AccuRC pretty soon that I've been doing. And with the sim also, I have been fine-tuning my sim schedule for the winter. Um, in the winter time, since I can't really fly too much around here, uh, I, I try to sim a lot five days a week going to work half hour early and use my computer there. Um, and so I kind of type out a itinerary. I break things down into like five or 10 minute chunks because if I don't, I'll just fly around and not accomplish anything at all. Um, and so um, this year I'd like to come into next spring ready to transition to real life with some Piro TikToks and hopefully some, uh, some more transitions. Um, I'm, I'm pretty weak in the transition department and it makes flying some of the more fundamental things like hurricanes and stuff a little more boring because I don't, I don't like to just fly around in circles. And so when I'm not comfortable doing a bunch of transitions in real life, I, it's boring to, to do that kind of stuff that I feel like I need to be doing just, just because just cause it keeps your flight envelope wider. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I I mean, you watch the the guys that fly at the highest level, and a lot of times some of the stuff that they do isn't necessarily all that complex. It might be just bigger and faster or whatever, but the stuff that they do to start those maneuvers or end them or transition them into other maneuvers are the real showstoppers. Yeah. And and so you got to keep your fundamentals up because who cares how freaking sweet your transitions are if – they're into the sloppiest, you know, funnels you've ever seen. Yeah, that's true. I like transitions. The... I'm a big yeah. transition yeah. guy. I'm a big believer in they just create flow. They're the glue that holds all of your hard work and the individual maneuvers together. Oh yeah, yeah, and it it feels good too when you when you do when you do a really smooth transition between two maneuvers, you're just like, yeah, I, I mean, I had fun watching that, you know, <laughs> and I did it. It's great. And then I've got a winter project that I'm going to start. Uh, 
I'm going to build myself a little temp-controlled lipo bunker. And I'm going to do it with an El Cheapo mini fridge. And I'm going to get myself a little thermostat or something and, and kind of build a lipo bunker that stays at about 70 degrees all the time. I've been wanting to do it for a while. and um, Interesting. Yeah, it looks like, looks like so, a fun project. I've got a better idea. Bring that down by about 30 degrees and you'll be even better off. That's what I was going to say. Sage, let Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I was going to let me know uh, when you're ready to start putting a parts list together. It's pr- I would say it's pretty much the same list of parts that I've built for <laughs> multiple kegerators and fermenting chamber <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for <probably>. doing beer. <laughs> and I have converted and rewired mini fridges and chest freezers, so I can help Perfect. you out in that department. <laughs> yep, yep. I'll be getting a hold of you then because it's it's something I kind of ran across um, just out of the out of blue, and I've always been frustrated because, and I know know that it's not necessarily like a hundred percent, but it, I like the idea of being able to take IR readings from my batteries at a set temperature all the time, and I know, like you're saying, Justin, bring it down about thirty degrees. And I agree for long-term storage, that would be awesome. But I would kind of like it to be like a year-round deal where I just keep it plugged in and I don't really think about it too much. And in the summer and springtime, when I can actually fly and, and just grab packs and go, I don't necessarily want to be waiting to warm packs up before I can start charging or flying. And I feel like if they're in the 40-degree range, it may, maybe I'm wrong, but that just seems cold to me. No, you're absolutely correct. I was assuming you were saying you wanted to put something together for long-term storage over the winter. And no, in that, that situation, storage charge at low temp is the best. But if you're or, still yeah. going to be doing stuff with them um, and you do a lot of IR measurements, then absolutely a 70 degree makes a lot of sense. What's even better is one that can do the whole range of temperatures. Yeah, adjustable would be perfect, and I, I may need to look into that that way in the winter. I can just turn it down yeah, the, or keep it adjustable. Yeah, you can get a cheap, uh, like a relay controlled that has a heat that has heating and cooling. Um, yep, you know, temperature controller fairly cheap. That would yep, be and that, mm, throw a little. So like, and <laughs> just going off my what I did for my beer fermenter here, but you know, you throw a little relay temperature controller in there. You throw in like a little heat lamp, like what you would use for a reptile that has a ceramic bulb in it. So it doesn't emit any light. And then you can use the fridge or freezer function for cooling. And then you can use that ceramic bulb for heating. And you throw like a desiccant air dryer in there to pull out the moisture because freezers and fridges don't like to run, you know, at 60, 70 degrees or a freezer above freezing or you'll start condensing a bunch of moisture all over the walls. Um, And you throw in like a $20 temperature controller and snip the wires in the back of the fridge and do a little bit of, you know, crimping and wiring. And you have your your temperature controlled space and mine will stay within one degree is the resolution on the temperature controller I bought. I think it was 16 bucks. That's perfect. Wow. And then I I even put a little, I even, then I put a little, um, you know, like a normal phone charger, like your Android or whatever phone charger that does your, to your 12 volts. Um, or I guess find a little charger that outputs at 12 volts. And then I even hooked up a little computer fan in mine that just runs 100% of the time and keeps the air circulating. So you don't get a temperature differential above the top and the bottom. 
So constant airflow, which helps keep the air drier, you know, air movement over the desiccant air dryer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you just, you can depend or you can choose where you want to put your temperature probe that it comes with. Um, And yeah, it'll stay plus minus one degree. So then you got heating, cooling, summer, winter, doesn't matter. Dude. Yeah, well, you can expect to be hearing from me. Yeah, I was so. going to say, you now officially have my attention. I was just trying to think of, like, trailer upgrades going, man, how cool would that be to, like, get done, you know, get done from flying, know that I'm not going to, you know, so let's say I go out and fly on Sunday, I'd throw mm-hmm. all my packs in there at storage charge, turn it down to 40 degrees, Yep, and then yep. just leave it. And then, you know, and if then- I, oh, yeah, I'm going to go flying, crank it up to 70 and leave it and i i wonder how long do you think it would take to get from 40 up to even flyable which what would we call justin you know the exact don't you what do you think yeah i wouldn't actually fly them much below 60 55 to 60 but i wonder how long it it would take to get there because you, I don't think it would take long. You're well, in are you insulated. leaving them in storage charge? Yeah, so you're still going to so have to charge them up So you're going to warm them up, up by charging them. So yeah. just yep. take them out and charge them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That that's might be true. a pretty freaking sweet and then you deal. Could do, and then you could do, like, you could use, you know, like an aluminum plate or something for the base that you set the batteries on that'll help conduct the heat. Because you got to remember that you're only measuring the temperature wherever you put your, your probe at. Yeah, so yeah. you're probably not going to stick your probe to the battery every time. So you'd want some way to kind of reflect the temperature of the battery. Maybe, you know, like a aluminum plate or some sort of conductive, uh, thermal con- thermally conductive metal to uh, mm-hmm. you guys, attach that. You guys want to know how you to, can take but, it to the next level? How? Have it have some type of Wi-Fi connectivity so you can monitor and change the temperature in your fridge from your oh, phone. Oh yeah, oh yep. buddy, that would be sweet. Oh yeah, that's my. Now, <laughs> do you know how to take it even to the next level above that? Huh. Make a kegerator out of it too, <laughs> so that if yeah, you walk both. up there and you're like, "I got to check the temperature," oh shit, it's not cold enough. But the while beer I'm is here. Cold beer. beer yeah, or if you turn up, if you turn up the temperature, like you're gonna get ready to fly, it shuts the kegerator off. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to pour a beer until Locks you turn you it out. back and lock it. Yeah, you go down to forty degrees to store the batteries. Now it's like beer's on. <laughs> <laughs> nice, interesting. I'll expect a check in the mail for, you know, giving you that idea. Only if it's implemented, uh, of course. It will be. It will be. Somebody will do it. You should trademark it. Is that what you do? I'm, I'm thinking about building a kegerator into the motorhome. How cool would that be? Oh, geez. Right? A sacrificial cupboard, you know. There's plenty of them. You never know. <laughs> it could happen. It'd get, it would get used. I guarantee it. Even better if you could somehow make it. Feature. You could make it to, you, so you could access it from the outside as well. Like open a door and there's External tap. tap. Now you're talking. Don't, don't worry, babe. I'll fill these. You won't even notice they're here. I'll fill the holes. Don't worry. <laughs> Sweet. Is that it, uh, Sage? It, uh, you got more? You got more? No, I think that's about it. I, I yeah, that's about, other than all my crappy weather that I've had for the last two weeks. Looks like it's headed your guys' way, and I'm supposed to be in the 70s all next week. So booyah! <laughs> wow. 
There are very few tools in the hobby that really make you take a step back and admire their precision, quality, and simplicity. But when you do find such a tool, you cherish it. The Soko Heli tool fits this description perfectly. With its simple concept, adaptable design, and smartphone-based approach to setting up a heli with a level swash and the proper pitch ranges, there's not much more than you can ask for. All helis, all sizes, one tool. So before you build or set up your next model, head on over to www.soco-heli-tools.com and pick up a Soco Heli tool. Soco Heli Tools, bringing precision and simplicity to your toolbox. I haven't got any flying in, just been working, but I have started uh, a couple. Uh, well, first of all, let me start with this. So I, I drove out uh, <clears throat> from Montana, and I I was driving up. I got to... Um, to the 405 and I started heading up and I hit the traffic and I, and I just was, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I need that. I need to be pulled over by a highway patrolman and given an award because I was the only son of a bitch driving the speed limit. Everybody drives crazy fast around here. Oh yeah. It's, it's nuts. So Are, that was is fun. Is this a joke? No, seriously, dude. Everybody drives fast here. I was driving the speed limit and they were passing me like I was standing still. This is your. That's this is, because we're so used to being in traffic that when we see an opening, we floor it. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, it is. Yeah, but yep. um, as far as the helis go, um, there's some maintenance that has been started. Now, one th- one thing that's been happening to the gasser is uh, the starter shaft's been spinning. Uh, so I disassembled the starter shaft. Took all that that whole assembly out, and I had to order in some bearings to replace all that stuff. Oh, the new one-way bearings. Yeah, and yes. also not only that, but just replace the radial bearings because apparently, although my Align starter, I, I I don't know, maybe I'm I'm blaming I'm going to blame it on the Align jackhammer. Although it still works and still starts, it destroys bearings at a fairly rapid rate. That's fair. So we're gonna we're gonna get all that back to normal. I it it does it does work, but. Uh, initially the first time I started, it just, it wants to, uh, the starter, the one way bearing on the starter shaft just wants to spin for, for a few, I I assume it's going to get worse and worse, but eventually I I can get it started, but going to get that all sorted out. Another, another thing that, and I'm notorious for this. Um, so I'll, I'll order something, uh, some random part for an upgrade or to fix something. And, It'll come in and then I'll set it down and I'll forget about it. So like geez, eight or nine months ago, well, wasn't quite. Whenever I bought the gassers, I bought from Perfect Regulators uh, two of their their uh, uh, switches for the uh, uh, RX pack, right? So I wouldn't have to un- undo the canopy. I could just you know switch it, switch the whole system on and off. I I ordered two of them, but I never got around to to putting them in. And, um, so where I'd left them was at my old job, right? So I was driving out here and on the way out, I have to drive right, right past where I used to work. <laughs> so it was kind of a weird morning. 
I went into my old shop and the, you know, a couple of guys that still work there are still there. And, uh, I had, I had a chat with them. It was kind of weird to catch up, but I got, I, I went to get the switches. And of course, uh, Ryan, who I brought, um, to, I think Othello this year, you guys remember Ryan? Big tall oh, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. works, he works there still. Um, apparently I asked, I had asked him to grab those for me. So they were not at the shop. He had them at home, so I wasn't able to get them, but those are the maintenance. Those are the only two maintenance things that I've got going on with the gassers after all this time. Um, so kind of talking to Jesse, your, your point about the maintenance thing. Yep. They're fan. They're, they're fantastic for that. Um, that's really all I've had time to do ever since our fun fly. I've only had like three, three days off. So I haven't really had any, any time to, to get much of anything done, but, uh, kind of looking forward to, to getting the gasser back going. And of course, I think somewhere in this trailer, there's a gasser here. It's right by my crotch. It's right by, is it, is it up in your taint right now? Yep. Nick's rubbing his balls on it. Yep. And I think, um, Tomorrow, I am going to come out here while Nick's at work and uh, take a work, shower, <laughs> wash the gasser off with <laughs> disinfectant. Oh, you meant not like out and fly. <laughs> you meant out to the trailer. Yes, get it's uh, not. It's still in pieces. You meant out to the field. It's still gotcha. in pieces, man. But I'm not sure Some how far I'm going to get. I didn't. Uh, I didn't bring my radio, so that's okay. Is that all right? Yeah, because you can just bind into mine. Done. Remember all the programming oh, right. in the Neo itself. So that's right. I have to do nothing. So we're gonna work on the gasser uh, tomorrow, and I don't. Uh, I I guess the uh, the forecast has changed because uh, there was talk of possibly getting out uh, tomorrow afternoon, but I guess that's been shot to hell. So that means, um, Nick, you can finish my gasser tomorrow while I sit and watch you do that. Okay. <laughs> We can discuss the uh, 770 swap. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let's see. That's that's it's kind of uh, it's been slow. I mean, it's uh, back to work and um, uh, been doing a lot of it lately, which is good because that's going to be able to afford me more heli stuff. Because I definitely, I'm still pretty um, well. The the 770 talks might change that, but I'm still pretty. Uh, I definitely want to get an electric, a bigger electric. Still loving the 570, but I want to, I want to play around. I, uh, uh, you know, I know we talked about why don't you just get one of the three others that you have flying, and I just can't. I'm just I'm too lazy. Let's face it. That's what it boils down to. So I'd rather build a new one than fix an old one. How does that sound? <laughs> I think that's reasonable. <laughs> uh. Because, yeah, I, I don't know. I still have the Forza if anyone wants to buy it. Do you want to buy it, Justin? No, not at all. Any takers on the Forza? What do you think? What do you think, Sage? You could you could use a change mm-hmm. of manufacturer. It's a really good, like, nah. it's a great entry-level speed model. Yeah, see? Yeah. Can you get parts for it? Uh, apparently. Next year? Apparently. I'll worry about, about next year and next year. Yeah, I mean, with, yeah. come on, man. Live in the now. Live today, not next year. I know you're still living yeah. in the past with your compass shit, but live in the now. <laughs> okay? Join us. You're welcome. 
Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's short and sweet and kind of quick and brutal, but that's uh, really what it boils down to for me. Not a lot of not a lot of flying. Not since our fun fly did get some flights in there. Recovered, finally recovered uh, from two weeks of being sick, and which for those of you who were lucky enough to go to our fun fly were able to witness the worst, the worst of the uh, whatever the hell it was. But the cough's gone away, the sore throat's gone away, and uh, everything's back to normal. You're off your uh, cream prescription for the off, rash. Yeah, yes, that's that's cleared mm. up. Nice. We are still a little worried about the bumps, but um, you know, they're not red anymore, though, right? No, they're not red. They're just okay. But they're they're about ready to burst. But Ooh. we'll deal with that when that happens. <laughs> okay, <laughs> come on. We'll cross that bridge. I get draw there. the line at skin diseases. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute that is a wait, weird wait, line wait wait oh, wait 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 this is a discovery wait there's a line yeah. for justin that Ooh. that does not work for me dude skin afflictions are gross and okay. hands like i, I and hands oh no, I hands aren't oh, gross oh, you just oh. need to have clean hands dude i love that i now know that that is gr- that's that's good. Is that, that fantastic? That is, that is fantastic because yes, now I know how to push your button. Well, no, I mean it doesn't. It's not going to push my button. Oh, yes, but it will. It's oh, just, yes, it will. It just it's did. something that it's just like <laughs> yuck, dude. The level of detail Dan will go into will push your button. I will well, find that. You just <laughs> you. The problem is you better be careful because do you really want me to push the button back? Absolutely. Dude, I'm a nurse. I, I Hey, can we do some news? I, I don't really want to do news. I do. I want to continue with this conversation with Justin. Do you not, not no, interested when in? Nick heard that I might push the button back, he got really nervous. <laughs> so, yeah. And he's I've like, okay, it. gotta move it along. Next. Gotta move it along. It's really move easy along. for come on, come on, news, push news. Next buttons. <laughs> Just gotta say balls. That doesn't push my buttons. I'm just waiting whenever you're ready. Okay. Well, maybe we should do some news then. Nick's all hot and bothered about news. He must have something important to say. I do. This week's news is brought to you by superiority.com. All right, Nick, whatever your name is. <laughs> news Nick. <laughs> what do you got this week? Hey, it's not apple pie. Don't blame me. Blame Nick. I had Dan. I had this week. I have 1,600 reasons why we want to do the news. Don't you mean 32,000 reasons? Uh, that's 32,000 reasons why 1,600 reasons don't mean a damn thing. <laughs> So, yeah, HD, in their infinite wisdom, have they're going to do a limited run of 50 units of the HD 1600, yes, I did say that right, 1600. This is, like, I could put my son under it and fly him around. I, I don't even... I'm a little confused. I'm, I'm not, not confused I'm not about con- the helicopter. I'm looking at the helicopter, and with the exception that uh, I see no way in which that's going to work without boom supports being that long, the model is just a, a very large-scale version of, of any typical model, really. So what are you confused about? What I'm confused about, now not per se why, because I understand that we are a a hobby mostly filled with 
with men. Therefore, we need really no no logical reason to do just about anything. And bigger in a lot of cases is just fun. But I got to tell you, what I'm confused by is how you... Okay, let's but, say... But but that that big dude... Okay, so you double a, the there's size... There's a limit. Yeah, you double the size of the model and and take the price and times it by 16. Like, how does that work? I think they should change their motto to HD helicopters, where you can beta test our new products for the price of a small SUV. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like I, I woke up today and I was like, hmm, shit. Should I get a new Prius or should I buy this big ass toy helicopter? Should I buy a Harley Davidson? <laughs> yeah, or should I send my kid to college or buy this? I don't know. I just I don't get it. It's funny because I, they say with a Contronic Pyro one thousand and a Cosmic two hundred, uh, with fourteen hover and a head speed between six fifty and eight hundred. Oh, is sweet. absolutely no problem. You how, know what? How sweet HD, would that be? I want to see it. Prove it. Prove it. I've yet to see mm-hmm. a picture of the model completely built with what, what, electronics okay. and flying. Explain to me what, what is it about that particular combination that you want proof of? That it I want to know that fly? it flies. I want to see what it looks like when it flies. Don't give me a picture of an airframe sitting there. Shit, I can make one out of cardboard that'll sit in the parking space just purtily. I want to see it fly. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the video too because six to eight hundred RPM has got to sound freaking fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, that's what it's going to Okay. Understand. Now, this is the other thing, which I don't think that they probably thought about. This won't go over in the U.S. And Justin, I, I think it was you. I don't remember. Someone brought this up. This is I think not going to work. Brought it up. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, Sage. it's too heavy. Yeah. How much does it weigh? The weight of the airframe without blades, 21.8 kilograms. What's that in English? It's like 47 pounds or something like that. Okay. Okay, so you can get an exemption for the extra weight. You know that, right? Can you? Yes. It's going to be 48 as a modelist. Pounds. Yeah, but keep in mind, You Dan, guys are totally missing the point of that's this machine. airframe. Totally missing the point. No batteries. That's what I was going to say. They're, no they're motor. Not, no I'm, blades. I'm waiting for you guys to get done bashing because I'm going to lay some cold hard truth on you here. What? Yeah. Okay. okay. Lay it down. You guys down. are totally, okay. and the posts that I read, you guys, you guys are all missing the point of mm-hmm. what this machine is all about. It's not a modelist machine. It's not for hobbyists. Uh, it's not for us. No. Let me give you, let me, let me lay. Okay. So back when I was doing the multi-rotor thing and we were checking out other competitors that were doing what we were doing. There was a company out of Canada that was selling a quad with software that they had developed themselves for $120,000. And guess what, friends? They were selling them. They were selling about 200 a year. Okay. This machine, they're not, they don't, they could care less if a hobbyist buys this machine. Guaranteed. This machine is an industrial machine. These guys are looking for companies that have huge budgets that need this machine for a very particular application. And what application would that be? And who knows? We don't know. I don't I don't know. I mean, 
it, that may be true on some level, but at the same time, if you go and read what they've written about it, what they want you to think on a marketing level, it's a limited production quantity of 50 units yeah, for the for hobby hobbyists. Yeah. For hobbyists. Wait a minute. For Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on, Dan. Oh, I see where you're reading into that. No, I, I, I'm, I, I hear where you're going, Dan, but here's the thing. We all know that in the industrial sector... There are very they, they have very purpose built machines, right? Yes, they, yes, they have they a specific payload. It's a camera or it's a, a, you know, radar or some shit like that. And they're all really ugly, right? This some bitch looks like a scaled up 750 complete with the goddamn carbon fiber skids. So what? Where yeah. the hell are you going to mount the payload on it? Dude, you, it, you could mount it anywhere you want. You know what I really think this is? Dude, take take a look. Take a look back. You guys remember the the big Yamaha helicopter? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, uh, I remember yeah, the R Max. R Max. That that yep. thing is like two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, and only certain people can buy it, and yeah. It's and a, I would agree that I don't necessarily, unless there's companies here in the states that are specifically looking for that particular airframe for whatever application. You're probably right. But this 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 thing is probably going to go to educational institutions, uh, large companies that have very spe- specific purposes. Maybe even Trek. Uh, yeah, probably one. He gets one of everything for free, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, that I don't know. <laughs> so I, I mean, I hope he gets one. The thing is, is uh, uh, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool to see that thing? <laughs> yeah, boom strike. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's um. I get, I get it. I mean, I, I don't I, I don't suspect that uh, any hobbyist is going to end up with one of these unless you just happen to have a shit ton of money laying around. But it's not it's it, the, you know, they're they're showcasing it. They're showing it off. They don't I would suspect that deep down they know that a hobbyist isn't going to be buying this machine. Why? Well, how could uh, how, how, how could a hobbyist? How Nick? We couldn't. You couldn't. I couldn't. Wouldn't. Not maybe. if I wanted to stay married. I think it's publicity stunt, really. That, and that, that's what I think. It I is think it is too, it, dude. It is a scaled up 3D model. Ex- I'm calling okay. bullshit yeah. on payload. I, I I agree. I think it is a. I think it is publicity, but I also think its intended purpose is not for anything that we are aware of. But they built it, so they're showing it off. I just don't know that there's an intended purpose. Cause we can. Yeah, well, that's a good enough reason to be honest with you. If, and I'm not trying to disagree. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just don't think they gave that much thought to industrial. I think they just went, let's make a big one. Yeah, I can't. I, I well, doubt and that. if you think about it, their investment. I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to minimize their investment because I'm sure it was substantial. But there's also something to be said for the fact that it's a made-to-order thing. True. Right, so they're not sitting on inventory right now. Maybe they develop some custom tools, you know, to to machine the various bits and pieces, so on and so forth. But it's not like they're building up a parts stock. Yeah, and it's like car True. manufacturers; they build concept cars every year that are never, never see the marketplace. Yeah. Yep. Well, I want to see Raquel Bellow throw down on that thing. I want to see Turek fly it. Oh, for yeah. the once, for the first time in my life, I can actually say I want to see him get one. As long as you watch in HD. Yes, please watch in HD. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of HD, uh, ooh, well played. Uh, they have the, the 502 is out from them as well. 
which basically just kind of looks like a new canopy. And I think they did a new kind of battery tray design. Still got the weird funky frame set up and, and everything else. Just kind of like a small update um, to the HD 500. Next down on the list, the Soxos 550, which opposite of what we were just talking about, looks like a scaled down version of the 700. Yeah. <laughs> Spot on. These are very. Did anybody buy one of the other one of the seven hundred? Not Do we that know I, anyone that has one. <laughs> I know no one that has. If one. you are listening no to this right now and you possess a Soxos or a Soxos or I don't know, how, it's Soxos. Is that how you call it? That's of sure. any variety. Please email us. Send me pictures. I won't believe you just telling me you have one. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like a bad heli. They're very, to me, they're kind of, I don't know, like, meh. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's no, bad. I agree. It's just, I don't see anything even, you know, remotely innovative. It's got the crown gear set up, which I feel like is so 1993. Um, You know, it, it is... A dual stage, so that's that's cool. How how they why they need the canopy thirteen miles wide with a dual stage setup is absolutely beyond mm-hmm. me. But yep, uh, it's kind of got a less progressive canopy shape, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of did you say less offensive, less progress? <laughs> like it's not, <laughs> it is not modern, right? It's no. it's more like a, it feels like. A Raptor 30 banged in a Line 700, and this is what we got. <laughs> that's actually a good... I was going to say, like, you, you look at the picture that shows the blades in it. It's like, if that set a line on it, I don't know. Wouldn't really look at it twice. It just kind of seems... Mm-hmm. Like you said, there's nothing that just goes, oh, wow, look at that. Or, Check it's out the that fatter, or, wider, brother. And I hear it's a, it's, a, it's a really, like, stout, heavy-duty model, but I don't know. I mean, you know, looks are a big thing for this... This industry, they are, this and I don't want to. And- I don't want to downplay. You know the. I, I know nothing about the model itself, so we're just. I'm kind of just giving it a hard time. I, I would. I would like to see one in person, just to get kind of a you know a real first impression on it. it it's very unique the way that they have the the tail servo set up and the way that the the fly barless system is like mounted vertically on the back of the frame very different very unique setup um you know i i i'm not gonna rule it out it's it doesn't have the wow factor but but i'm gonna give it an opportunity uh let's kind tonight i am i'm well i'm trying to you know support the hobby as a whole and just because I think it looks ugly doesn't mean it might not be a great model. Kind of like a goblin. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Very fair. So here we go. We have, oh, yes, what everyone wants, the gold OS80 glow plug. <laughs> <laughs> I just ordered six. You just- <laughs> I ordered <laughs> 
Yeah, they did a gold edition. Uh, what was it? 80th anniversary or something like that. Uh, yep. one oh, o- this wasn't a Tarek edition glow plug. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did an 80th anniversary 105. That's all good, but it's kind of funny because it, it's like the head and a couple of the head and the air inlet horn are gold, which as someone pointed out, it's like awesome. All the parts that are covered by my fan shroud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's standard uh, cast aluminum uh, engine block looks great. <laughs> yeah, with the with the normal pipe. That's awesome. This is a $9 glow plug, dude. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not saying anything because hey, it's gold, man. It, trying to find Enya's these days are are getting harder. Did they actually quit producing them? I believe they did. They're getting hard to find, man. I don't know. No idea. All the different ones. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, let's see. What do we got here? We have, Justin, you have, I'm going to let you take, we've got some Jetty news and we have some, wait, what is this? Is this Bavarian Demon? Oh, Axon news. I'll, I'll let you go with those. Yeah, yeah. I got news. I got news. First thing we've got for Jetty News is the new Jetty uh, Jetty Studio is what it's called. Jetty Studio 2. So for those people who don't know, Jetty had sort of a sort of a I'll, I'll call it what it is, sort of a makeshift data acquisition or data review uh, software that you could take the log files off of your Jetty radio and you could plug them into this software and kind of plot a couple of things up. It was clunky. I didn't think it worked all that well. Well, I think they heard uh, the the users and got around to upgrading it. So now we have Jetty Studio 2. It looks like a lot nicer of an interface. Uh, still all uh, the same features, but I think a little bit more powerful Basically, what you can do is you take the log files uh, from from the Jetty radio right on the back of the SD card, or you can plug it into a USB port on the computer so you don't have to take the SD card out. And you dump these files in, and you can open them up, and basically it emulates the data analyzer on the actual radio itself, but it gives you a bunch of other ways to visualize things. Um, with, you know, analog dials or digital readouts, or you can look at it in a plot. Uh, you can take a look at uh, GPS coordinates, so you can you can view your entire flight in terms of GPS location in 3D. Uh, so, you know, not, not necessarily for everyone that flies jetty, because a lot of people just want to go out and fly and recharge and do it again. But for uh, myself and I know a a growing number of Jetty users that are getting hooked on the whole data and telemetry thing, this is going to be, I think, something that you guys will find useful. So the link in the show notes will give you the location of the website with all the details and you can go and download it. All right. Next up is let's do let's do the second Jetty news. So we've talked about this a little bit before. Uh, Nick, I think at one point this had caught your eye. The Jetty DS6. So 
you know, kind of like some of the higher end radios jetty, like, for example, V control doesn't have a lower model, a, a, a more entry level, cheaper version of the radio. Yeah. Um, Jetty's the same way. Cheapest you can go is the DS14 Basic, which is right now about 650 to 700 bucks, which is pretty pricey, especially for beginners. And so what they did was they basically designed a, a smaller Jetty called the DS6. If you guys look at this thing, it's uh, it it actually looks kind of familiar, doesn't it? You guys looking at the pictures? Yeah, you know what it looks like to me? Looks like you took some double-sided sticky tape and stuck a cell checker on the front of a 7C Futaba. <laughs> oh, you're saying a 7C, huh? I was actually uh, going for the old school, like the OG Spectrum DX7. Take a look at those buttons down oh on my the, God, either side is. of the screen. Oh, man. That is the... Uh, but wait, with a smaller screen. Yeah. So, it, you know, it's got a flavor of both. I think you're right. I hadn't even thought of the Futaba until you mentioned that, Nick, but that's pretty perceptive of you. Bottom line is, yeah, okay, you know, when we're looking at going for an entry-level cheap radio, looks are one thing, but I think these guys were looking at trying to get as much into the hands of a new Jetty user as possible without breaking the bank. So they probably did borrow some design features. In fact, I guarantee you they just went right to Spectrum and JR and licensed the case design, but put all of their electronics and componentry in it. Um, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. It would be nice if it looked more like a Jetty, but let's first look at the price tag. $159. Yeah. Six channels, hmm. 10 models. Uh, you know, the standard programming controls that you would expect from a lower price radio. But the nice thing is behind those buttons and that tiny ass little screen is the full jetty capability. All of the typical menus, uh, the full suite of telemetry. So you can still do, you know, power or milliamp hours consumed gps voltages head speeds power etc etc um it it should have all the same features as a typical entry-level radio so especially for us helicopter users i don't think you're going to run out and what's really cool is it can serve as a really cheap trainer radio so instead of having to find someone else or buying one yourself to have a uh, like a student buddy box radio, I could go and pick one of these guys up, bring it with me to field the field or to fun flies, and now I can buddy box on my big jetty with this little guy. Okay, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. This is really weird. It says and if you outgrow the jetty. DS6 easily remove the pre-installed Jetty Box Mini and the Jetty R3RF module. Simple update of the RSW module using a standard receiver firmware gets you a fully compatible 2.4 gigahertz full range receiver. Jetty Box Mini can also be used in standalone. Oh, dude. Wow. So they they literally did 
just yeah. take a normal radio, uh, the normal radio, stuck a telemetry receiver inside of it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. No shame in their game. Well, I mean, nine bucks. I laughed. Telemetry capable. Yeah, I laughed, but it's not much. I mean, it's like just double the price of the receiver itself. It's yeah. Almost like you buy a receiver, get a free transmitter. Yeah, so basically what they're saying is once you're you 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 know, okay, great. I spent my money on it. I've gotten my, you know, my money's worth out of it. I no longer want this radio. I'm going to upgrade to the DS14 or the whatever, whichever one you you like most. You basically pop the Jetty Box Mini out and the R3L. Now you've got a three-channel full-range receiver, which all of us regular Jetty uh, pilots use anyway, the R3, the R5. And then the Jetty Box Mini is an external second-party telemetry box that you can hand to your buddy next to you while you're flying, and he can look at the telemetry downlink off of your full jetty while you're flying. You know, it's funny. We had actually talked about this because I was not able at the time, or still for that matter, uh, hopefully one day that day might change, but um, I was, I'm not able to get the, really get the telemetry data out of my, out of my V control that I would like for speed flying. With the 500. So we yep. had looked at this like, well, crap, I'll just get one of the little jetty box minis and throw the and use the jetty telemetry, put the receiver on there. And then I would have the full jetty telemetry, which I personally think is right up there with the best of it. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think it's a really cool thing. I, I think it would be much less cool if the price was in and around the mid 200s. But I was personally blown away by how cheap this thing is. I mean, with what we spend nowadays, that's almost a no-brainer to me personally. I probably will end up picking one up over the winter and fool around a little bit with it as a buddy box just to get used to the system. Because that's one of the only things I haven't messed much with uh, with my jetty. Yeah, that's fair. Cool. So what do we got here with the Axon? Okay, so before everyone gets their hopes up, it's not ready yet. Okay. <laughs> da, da, da. You know, did you expect anything different? No. Um, you know, I got to give them a hard time, obviously, because we have been waiting a long time. Uh, but we are very quickly nearing what I think is the true release of this. Um, I was I was actually supposed to get uh, a a prototype to test uh they're they're handing them out to some of us on the on the team right now it was supposed to come in about a week or two ago uh it didn't come in it's probably going to be another week or two at this point it is what it is i've waited long enough so i'll wait another bit um but i'll tell you why i think we're near and that is because bd has updated their main website to include it as an actual product with an actual price and a feature list. Um, and so it's starting to look really real. What is that in U.S.? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah, so you have to remove the 19% VAT, which basically brings it down to 282 euro, which if you convert is about $310. All 
Okay. So mm. pricier, certainly pricier than the, you know, like an Icon or a 3Digi. But I'll be honest with you, it's cheaper than I expected it to be. And there's only one unit. There aren't going to be X's and SX's and whatever. It's just the Axon. So what's really nice about this unit, and we have been able to get access uh, as the team, and now I think they just released it, uh, pre-released it for the public to look at, uh, to the the software, the programming software, which they've put a lot of work into. Um, you can go and get a feel for how they're doing things. And not surprisingly, the software, it, it takes a page out of the original Bavarian Demon software book, but it also looks a lot like, you know, Icon or 3Digi in terms of the graphical uh, user interface. So things are a lot bigger, a lot clearer, not a lot of small text, but still good descriptions. Uh, so you'll be able to see all the screenshots there in the show notes. One of the cool things, though, is it's going to have banks, which I, I think we've already talked about before. I know ooh, banks, right? And electric and nitro governor, which everyone else has. Um, but it also will have an intelligent vibration analyzer system which basically means that as you record, it looks at the different frequencies and then based on what frequencies it is, it will make a determination of what portion of the helicopter is most likely to contain the vibration, whether it be motor, head, tail, that sort of a thing, so that you're not you know, chasing it around without any good feel for things. Uh, it will have an iOS and Android app compatibility with Bluetooth so that you can program it right from the phone. Don't need to use your computer plus jetty integration so you can do it right off the transmitter. Same, uh, you know, self-leveling and bailout that made the original BD and heli command systems famous. I am excited. It's I think it's kind of finally coming. I'd be happy if we got it by sort of Christmas. It could be a nice winter release early next spring, and then next season people will actually be flying them. Do you know if the Bluetooth is built in? I believe it is, yes. I, uh, I have not yet heard of any uh, modules that are needed externally, but I may be wrong on that. If you look at it, Nick, unlike a lot of the newer systems like the V-Bar, it doesn't have a lot of auxiliary ports. It kind of just has all of the servo inputs. I see ports on the sides. I see spectrum ports on one side, and it looks like some sort of multi-purpose port on the other. So the other side is a governor, uh, governor that's, sensor. That's all that is? Yep. Okay. And then, yeah, you've got the satellite port, so it still will work with satellites. Okay. So we'll have to see. Is that it? Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, no, Sage, you got one on here. Yeah, after a year of hard work by a very small, dedicated team, AccuRC 2.0 is uh, out and available for the public, and it is now only 55 pounds. Now, I haven't seen a you, <laughs> I haven't seen a U.S. price released. Um. Everywhere they're just saying fifty five pounds. Must be a lot pounds. of code in there. Fifty five pounds. Yeah, 
It's it's heavy, man. That's right at the limit of like uh, yeah. hobbyist flight weight, isn't it? I, yeah, do I have I, to get a one hundred seven to use him, it? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> no. Uh, it's bringing all kinds of new stuff, though. They added three D sceneries. Um, there are new models coming, and actually, as we've just been sitting here about ten minutes ago, I really I got a screenshot from the developer with one of my models sitting in the workshop. So. Pretty cool. Guys have been asking if we're getting new models. The Goblin 380 model will be out soon. Uh, with this next release, I think one of the models I've done is coming out in the next release. Um, they've got uh, some multi-rotors uh, and uh, racing modes. So there's actually, you can get online with your buddies and there is an actual FPV racing mode. And uh you can actually do FPV races. Is there a it's, difference it's between the real helicopters? You can do it with any of the models, I believe. So the FPV, I, I haven't done the racing personally with any of the helicopters, but I know you can go online or into into the what you know, quote unquote, single player, I guess, and FPV any of the models. So I'm guessing you can race any of the models. I'm not a hundred percent on that yet. I haven't tried it. Um, online multiplayer, aside from the racing as well, you can just get on and fly with each other now. Um, and it will be integrated into Steam for all those that like to use Steam for all their uh, you know, digital games and stuff like that. HackURC is going to be available through the Steam platform. Interesting. Well, it's good yes. to see them still involved and, and still updating and trying to make it better. They've got... The- you know, I've been using it for about a year now, and I use it and Real Flight about 50-50 uh, each. And it, Real Flight, I, there's just something intangible about Real Flight that I don't know, I really like. But AccuRC, just ha- the physics are just there. Beyond any other simulator product, they're there. They, it AccuRC feels more like an RC helicopter than, than anything else. Uh, and so I, I come back to it a lot, even through, even through the buggy testing all year, it's, it, it's been the best. So I like it. I'm happy to see it moving forward. Maybe I might have to pick one up just to play with it, quit bagging on it and actually give it a shot for once. Do you have boot camp? Yes. Okay, you should be good to Will go. Will it run with boot camp? Is, is it, have they changed the uh, requirements? Is it still it, a hog? Um, there have, it is l- way less of a hog than when it first came out. Um, they switched uh, the engine that runs everything, and uh, it, it's, but they also added some on the graphical end. So it's, it's about where it was at the last release. Um, it, Runs fine in boot camp, from what I understand. Um, but if you prefer parallels, it's not good. And that's it, fine. It, I wouldn't expect a sim yeah. to run good in parallels. Yeah, no, um, but, no sim really runs well in parallels. Well, hell, next does. Oh, does I mean, it? It, yeah, it actually does. You have to give it. You know, I give it about three quarters of what I got, but I, I don't expect that. Like, I feel like. Why are you running next in parallels? Um, I no, I've just tried it. I don't. Oh, okay. I know I run it on, but I wanted to try it to be fair. Okay then. Well, yeah. Geez. Yeah. God. Yeah. Gosh. Duh. 
What would you do in that situation? Get out of the news. That sounds like a good idea. Got anything else, Sage? Nope, that's it for me. Jesse, what's your news? Negative. Oh, you disappoint. The news is the news is over. <laughs> that's the news. <laughs> All right. It's just in. Well, we should move on then. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. For superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money-back guarantee. That's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding. Check him out. You've been thinking about it for quite some time. New charging case. You know you want to upgrade your charging options. For those of you that have been in the hobby for a while, you know who to turn to. For those of you that are just getting started, the answer is simple. Progressive RC. Not only will Dave and Robin at Progressive RC make sure you have an up-to-date charging solution, they will also help you stay within your budget, and on top of everything else, you will receive the best customer service in the industry. Progressive RC. Why settle for less? Head on over to ProgressiveRC.com. They've got everything. So, Dan, I have a question. And, Jesse, you kind of alluded to this, or you questioned Mm -hmm. should I say, earlier. Now, Justin, you've been there. Sage, you have zero experience here. So, Woo! Yeah, woo! Um, I want to know, as far as let's just say let's say budget within reason aside you know i mean no one's walking around like Tarek over here but do you think that to maximize the enjoyment in the hobby you need to own i'm not going to say one of everything i'm not talking about one of every model but do you think that Every uh, each of the main sizes, the main fuel types, and, and you know, kind of the main little sections to the hobby uh, provide enough value in each of them. Then, in a perfect world, mm. you would kind of have one of each. No, absolutely not. No. And, and I'm going to tie this into one other point. Kind of bring that uh, because I noticed Nick, you actually responded to this post. On Facebook, uh, someone, and I can't remember who even started it, but it was uh, something about the servos and the differences between high-end servos and mm-hmm. lower-end servos. And I think that kind of comes down to kind of that enjoyment versus how much do I want to spend to create that enjoyment. Mm-hmm. For a long, long, long time. Now, granted, uh typically as the saying goes you get what you pay for and and there is some truth to that but that doesn't necessarily mean you get what you pay for it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the hobby in other words for a long time um i i actually was flying if as you guys remember on the on the cyclic i was flying hyperion servos those were 45 dollar digital servos yep did I enjoy the hobby when I was flying those? You damn right I did. And I didn't pay I was paid $45 for for those servos. Now, 
I tried one on the tail and it just didn't work. And we, you know, we went down that road. We've talked about that, but there are some, some places where you can cut the corners and enjoy the hobby. And I, and I just, I, I know your question was specifically about size of heli, but I think that kind of can be translated into components as well. But as has been, as it's been pointed out to me many, many, many times, because everybody thinks, uh, is under the impression and maybe rightfully so that I have a tendency to bash on small helis. Yeah. Well, you got to remember it's subjective. And from Dan's point of view, I can't enjoy the hobby with a small heli. So for you, they, for you personally, now, now I know that you believe they add value to the hobby. In Absolutely. General, they do. Absolutely. They do. But for you personally, that anything under what, under the 570 now? I would I would say yes, but I I think I remember back when I was flying the my five hundred a line, and I enjoyed the shit out of that helicopter. I I don't I'm not going to go out and buy one, right? I'm not going to go down to that size because I do enjoy larger helicopters. But at that particular junction of my hobby, I enjoyed it, and and I think. I really think a person can take some enjoyment out of the hobby with the keep up with the Jones mentality, right? In other words, as it's been pointed out to me many times, I fly micros because that's, that's all my budget allows. Mm-hmm. And I, enjoy, and you know, this, as people tell me, right. And, and that's great. That's, that's fantastic. Um, I just, I don't, I don't, I think a lot of us sometimes go overboard when it comes to, but that, well, let me finish the thought. I think a lot of times we go overboard when it comes to buying a model and its components. But again, that's, that's, that's part of the hobby. You mean in the sense that we buy stuff that is entirely unnecessary. For example, me, this is my personal flying I probably will never be able to outfly outfly a Beast X, right? Yeah. I fly. I have I have the Neos and the V Bar. I they're they're more expensive. Do I need yeah, them? Yeah, but see, dude, that's a uh, that's a little bit. I was hoping you were going to go with a different example, but the fly barless system's a little different. Could you outfly any of the fly barless systems? No, probably none of us could, but. Each one does have its own style, its flavor to it. And I, 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 I hope you're going to tell me that you're going with the Neo and sticking with it because you like the way it flies. Absolutely. Compared to other fly barless systems. A- absolutely. But if we take this to, and it's, it's real easy. I, I guess I'm, I'm having a little bit of, uh, of a mental block here trying, I, I keep relating, I keep bringing up. Uh, components and and we're trying to stick to size of machine. Well, uh, that, (laughs) okay. So a small machine, I can't get enjoyment out. We've, we've established that, but the bigger machines, I I, I could never outfly a micro. I don't think, well, some micros, I could never outfly a 500. Let's, let's put it there, but I probably will never buy one. Yeah. Right. So you got to kind of, you got to be realistic (laughs) with with your budget, right? First and foremost, because we, 
as you know, Justin, could spend a lot of money on this hobby, right? Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, I just want enjoyment-wise. I mean, you, are, you have been... Yeah. I think what I was kind of trying to get at is I think as, as we move along in the hobby, uh, what we get enjoyment out of, you have to be open with the fact that it changes dramatically. And that's, that's the part that I don't like. And you don't, Dan does not like that. I don't like that because I've, I have been resistant to practically every change in the hobby from 2008. I mean, the first machine I had every machine, every, uh, we'll call it upgrade from there, whether it's component or airframe. I've been resistant to that because yeah. when I get familiar, there's some, there, you know, there, it's, it's comforting to have a familiar machine. Uh, and I, and I, I talk about, especially like the TRX 700 nitros. Those are probably those two machines. I was so familiar with those machines and it was just confidence inspiring. I trusted them completely. The components weren't top line components, but I still trusted them. The machine performed for me perfect with minimal maintenance, you know, other than what your typical nitro maintenance. So you're, you're right. The, the hobby does evolve. And some of us, some like you guys adapt to the, evol- that really well, right? I mean, you guys actually kind of crave that, that evolving nature of the hobby. Oh yeah. See, I don't. Uh, and I, I, it's generally pushed on me and, and I, that doesn't, I don't mean that in a negative connotation. Um, going back to, uh, the B stacks, I, I mean that literally Rob, um, pushed that on me, right? You have to do this. You have to try this. You're going to love it, you know, and, and then moving on to the different systems, um, you know, up the Skookum and the icon and, and whatever they, they weren't, I didn't seek them out. I didn't go, Oh, I want to try that. People I know have said, you need to try this. And so I don't really, I don't particularly like the evolution. It's part of it, but I, I kind of like to get familiar and stay there. And so for size and, and fuel type and all that, you've, I think the only thing that I've seen you really budge on that you weren't expecting, like was the 570. But what I see out of you is that it almost kind of, doesn't matter what the fuel type is if it's if it's 700 or bigger like you're solid that's that's true and but it used to not be like that but again that's part of the evolution yeah um, so you peaked yeah it was you found your happy place <laughs> i did and mm-hmm. you know i was stuck on nitro and you would be damned to find an electric helicopter in my fleet for a long long time i tried them i i, I tried several six or more of them. And I, I would fly them once or twice, you know, a week or two or a month or two and, and just it end up sitting and I'd go back to the nitro. Yeah. Hey, Justin, have you, have you found your, I mean, do you think you found your, your personal happy place? In terms of, of size of helis? Yeah. Size. I mean, I'm not, I'm not so concerned with like components or brand, but I'm just more saying like, do you feel like you're maximizing your, fun your potential fun in the hobby with your fleet no i'm not 
Um, I'm well, okay. Let me, it's a two part answer for me in speed. Yes. My speed fleet's great. And it does span a, a large number of, of sizes. As you know, 3d it's lacking. And, and so right now with the 380, which I love and will keep, um, and the NX seven, which I've got to find a solution to with the whole nitro engine. We're not going to go back through that again, but you know, the story, um, I, I, I feel like I need a 700 electric to round out the larger size for 3D with something that's reliable such that the nitro can kind of just be a fun thing when and if I ever feel like dealing with it. And that may change and I get rid of it entirely, but that's my goal. But in terms of sizing, I am feeling a five to 600 class model. I don't know what it's going to be yet. But it's something that I think that I do want to get. I mean, all the talk of the 570, it's a great model. Uh, you know, I know that um, other other companies have good 500 and 550 class models. I'm not in any hurry, but to me, that would be the optimal. The 380 is is about as small as I would go. And it could be a Protos 380 or a Goblin 380. Right now, it's a Goblin. Um, but there's gotta be something in between. And to me, that would be the beater heli. That's fair. Yeah. Do, do you think that, I mean, would you, if you had that size and a 700 electric, would you, do you believe that you would really fly both of them? I think I would. Yeah. Um, because, if I'm going to go with that size, I'm going to want to try to keep it simple. And what I mean by that is basic, lightweight, reasonable priced setup with hopefully a single pack. Right. A 6S or a 7S, because the other thing is, right, I can I can use my 7S packs that I retire from speed, drop those down to a 500 or a 550 and all of a sudden, that works perfectly fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. It's now, true. Sage, you're. It seems like you're. You are in a different spot. Is that true? Well, I don't. I. I differ a little bit because I have not made a foray into fuel helis at all. I. I haven't really. I can't say I haven't had the opportunity because I've outfitted and and built from the ground up plenty of different airframes but i also don't have any other helicopter people around here and nitro has always been uh, intriguing to me but very intimidating because i don't know the first thing about tuning them and stuff like that but i am also prescribing to the ignorance is bliss type of mentality in that Though I haven't yet gone there, I, I'm actually pretty happy with. I I'm pretty happy as long as I have a flying helicopter. Um, to tell you the truth, I prefer it to be larger than smaller. Um, well, I like it when the small one's flying because that means I'm not working on it. But and the bigger ones are easier to work on. Um, but I I'm I'm honestly very happy where I'm at. Uh, I'll be even happier when I have my new 500 size come in because like Justin was saying, that will be my beater size. I already have plans for it to be my, you know, my morning 
daily flyer for, you know, next season. Uh, so I, I'm in a really happy place with my models. Um, do I want, I want to add a fuel model? Yes, but just for the novelty. I don't feel like I need it, which is why I haven't bought one yet. Yeah. Um, seems like but, you're, but I do. Seems like you're more the type there. that it's like, you don't really care as long as you have something that just flies good. It, as long as it's flying good, because that's when I'm the happiest. The happiest I am is when I'm standing there, transmitter is in my hand, helicopter's in the air, and the helicopter is doing what I'm telling it to do. I'm I'm happy. I'm happy as can be when when that's what's happening. It's funny how different. Like it's funny how different everyone everyone is. You know what I mean? Like Dan, it's like yeah. I, I. I mean Dan, yeah. I don't care what type of fuel it is. It just better be a 700 or, <laughs> or I, I don't want to fly it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm over here like, I don't, I don't really know if I would be happy if I didn't have one of every size. I mean, yeah. I, I, I would be, I, I really don't at this point, like it's hard to see the value of my 380 when I have 570 and 700 and 770 and packs to fly all of them in the nitro. But for me, the, the satisfaction is the variable. It's the, it's the mood Mm -hmm. change because multiple different models fits my personality. I'm all over the freaking place. I'm mentally, I'm all over the place all the time. (laughs) You know, I'm up, I'm down, I want to do this, I want to do that. So having a fleet of all different flavors uh, really fits, you know, fits my personality because it allows me to maintain that almost like that newness. Like, it's really weird. You know, I'll, I'll go on a stretch. Like, I, I was flying the 380 a lot, a lot, and had a lot of fun flying it. I'll probably throw it up on the shelf, and I would be willing to bet I probably won't fly it for a couple months. But then when I go grab that size again, it's going to feel brand new. It's going to feel all new and different. Yeah. So now, Jesse, you're a little bit opposite of that. Yeah, I, I would know. say. Where, where's I, your happy place? So typically what I kind of look at in my, you know, as my fleet has kind of changed over the years and I've gone through, you know, from having the warp and having the, you know, reaching back a little ways, having the 6HV, the 7HV, nitros, electrics, 50 size nitros, kind of, you know, mixing all of that in. I kind of look back and and then compare that to where I'm at now. And honestly, the, you know, I don't want to say I'm like Dan where it's like, oh, it has to be a 700 class and, or I'm not getting any enjoyment or, you know, the 570 or I'm not saying that I couldn't get enjoyment out of a 380, but a lot of times when I look back and I see, okay, when have I had those models? It's kind of when I thought that that size helicopter could get me more flying or it could somehow provide something that I couldn't get out of a 700 class model. Because in my mind, it's it's kind of like I still feel like we're climbing that ladder up to that 700. And it's like once you're there, you just they fly great. It seems to be the perfect power to weight. It's a just a good size helicopter to fly and practice on and, and beat up. And then I also weigh into it the fact of, you know, I really look at crash frequency. You guys are talking about, you know, the 570 being a beater model or the 500 class being that beater size. Well, it's like, that's great. But if you're really not driving them in all the time or when you do, it's 
you know, the frequency isn't high enough to really have an impact on your hobby or keeping helicopters in the air, um, then I'm not sure I do see the value like for, for my fleet and where I get enjoyment out of the hobby of stepping down to that 570 size or that 500 size, because, you know, weighing in the frequency in which I'm getting out to the field and the frequency in which I'm flying, um, you know, the 700 class just seems to fit. And then I, you know, with the fields that I'm flying at now, I don't have any space limitations because in the past I've kind of looked towards that 380 size going, Hey, this will be awesome. I can head right down the street or have a park that's close by, or this is going to provide me more opportunities to fly. You know, I can throw it in the trunk after work sort of thing. Um, where now those opportunities that I would just say aren't necessarily there, or if they are there, I can just fly 700. Um, it, it, it's not like, Oh, I have to have this size helicopter to get in those flights. Um, so that's kind of looking at the, the size thing, um, and comparing that. And then as far as like the fuel type, um, I would definitely say, you know, the gasser is intriguing just because it's something new in, in the past, uh, you know, you look at the length of time in which I flew for compass and the length of time for which I had just the seven HV. And even when it got upgraded to the Kronos, it was still the base design, how the parts worked, how the helicopter was built, designed, how you put it together was all very, very similar. Not a huge change or a little bit of a jump in technology, but no, you know, nothing drastic when it comes to building the model. So I, de I definitely have a tendency to get comfortable um, with the helicopter and learn it inside and out. Um, and that was apparent with the thousands of flights that went on the 7HV. And, you know, you know exactly when part X has to be replaced or what to watch for. If the head starts bobbling, you know, oh, I need to look at this part. It's, you know, I had this, 400 flights ago and so there is something to be said about keeping that consistency in your fleet and keeping a couple helicopters the same and i really think that's kind of where i am with the with the n7 and the and getting there with the protos um as i get flights on it but just for the fact of i mean let's face it we all well maybe not dan but you know i think speaking for for most people we like getting new stuff we like tinkering we like i mean that's kind of the whole appeal to the hobby so for the fact of like keeping things new and fresh and it's like that gasser just kind of has that appeal right now because you know you you can kind of get your your models can fly so consistent or be so reliable or you know them so well that it almost becomes boring to a point and so just providing that something new to play with something new to build um you know, I've mentioned this before. I love learning opportunities. So something to just kind of sink your teeth into and uh, research. So I can foresee that in the near future and kind of broadening the horizons with the fleet a little bit in that direction. Not so much the size, but more in the, the power type and the technology. Yeah, I can see you. I can personally see you having an electric, a nitro, and a gasser, 700. Like I, I, I can agree. see that. Yep. I can definitely. One, something, something you said, I don't know, kind of made me think of this, Jesse, but there, for me, there's a very good reason to keep a small helicopter in my fleet. And when I go to the field, I mean, if, if it's flying well, I take it. And I always fly it first because the, your 700 never flies better than when you fly it right after you've flown a 450. <laughs> no, that's fair. No, it's, seriously, yeah, though, it, 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 it reacts a little bit slower. It feels <laughs> it feels so amazing. 
after a squirrely smaller helicopter. Yeah, but you know, for some people, uh, some people never get to that comfort level. And I think that's, you know, if there's anything we can take away from this, it's that everyone's happy place is in a different spot. I know people that have dabbled, you know, they get a 600 and then they get a 700 and it just, they never, ever get to the comfort level. Well, I can tell you this, a 700 is what ruined Ed. Yeah, there you go, right? Yeah, that's a good good example. Yeah, and so for that person, don't. You know, don't feel, don't feel like the natural progression has to be just to go bigger. Well, I've been doing this. I've had this for a while. I should be flying this model model by now. That's total PS. I mean, it really is. Yeah. You fly what gives you the most enjoyment yeah. and what you have the most fun out of. That's the correct fleet for you and if you know if you just resign to the fact that you know what god i just i can't get comfortable uh either budget wise or or just size wise on anything bigger than the 380 class now you might say but you know what i'll be damn i want to have five of them i want to have the x3 i want to have the you know the goblin and the Mm -hmm. and the protos and all of these then then rock those I know. A, I actually know a fair amount of people that that's what they do. They just love that size because they know, you know, they, their comfort levels there. Life is good. That's okay. Let me add. Yeah. Let me add too that um, you got to be honest with yourself, and and I'll give you an example based on something Jesse had just said. Um, a real world example for me. Um, you might remember I. A few years ago, I guess it's been three or four years ago, uh, I convinced myself that I needed a 500 and I bought a Goblin 500. <laughs> Why did I buy it? I convinced myself that I it's a small helicopter that I could put in my car and I could go fly it at lunch at work. Remember, Nick? That's why I bought that. Yep. That's exactly, yep. that's the reason I bought it. Mm-hmm. See, I did that knowing that I don't particularly care for small helicopters. So what I mean by be honest with yourself is if you, if you know, if you can truly be honest with yourself, you're going to save yourself a lot of money. Cause that, that was a, that was a purchase that I had talked myself into because I I convinced myself, Oh yeah, this, this is perfect. I'll fit it in my car and I'll take it to lunch, which I did three or four times. The enjoyment wasn't there for the fact I hate that says. <laughs> and so what did it end? I ended up, it ended up sitting and eventually found, made its way to Nick where I think Nick still kind of has it. It's, it's changed. It's evolved. Yeah. It's converted, <laughs> but yeah. that's a really good point, Dan. And I feel like all of us have been there at least once, if not multiple times in the hobby where you've just got this itch, you get it in your head that this would be a cool situation for your case, being able to fly at work at lunch or whatever. And you just go through with it. And all the while, I bet you that whole time you were thinking, this isn't going to work out. I'm going to get rid of this thing. Yeah. I'm, and but yeah, I, 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 I was like, I, I'm going to make it work, you know, but I, I went into that knowing. It I, wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to work. I like big helicopters. That's yeah. all there is to it. And, you know, yep. so you can save yourself some aggravation there. Just, you some know, money. <laughs> some money. Yeah. Yep, cool. For sure. Well, that, that's a good, 
I, I like that. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy, and I hope everyone else just walks away from it okay with what they're doing. You enjoy know? the hobby, regardless. Yes, enjoy yep. the hobby. It doesn't hobby. matter the size. Doesn't matter the brand. It's it's whatever puts the biggest smile on your face. And if having twenty different helis and flying one each time you go out to the field is it, then do that. And if it's having five of the same four fifty, the exact same thing, if that gives you the enjoyment, then that's what you should be doing. And another thing that we say quite often is if you find yourself in a down turn of flying for whatever reason, whether it's motivation or some other life responsibility, uh, don't get down on yourself. Don't sell your shit. Yeah, don't don't sell it. That's the key. Don't sell it. Accept that it's okay to be in a slump. It, it's okay to let your heli sit for a month or two or yep. three. Yeah. You bet. Don't get rid of it. <laughs> no. You'll regret it. You'll want to come back. Cool, man. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Good talk. Yeah. Good talk, boys. Yeah. I think we should probably wrap this one up, but before we do that, we should get a few emails. I got one more, Dan, really oh, quick. Sorry. Justin, seriously. No, this seriously. Seriously. This seriously, is important. Dude? Oh, jeez. I, I, I want to give a shout out to every all of our listeners and friends in Florida. By the time we Absolutely, get this, yeah. it will have passed. But right now, as we record... Uh, Hurricane Matthew is rapidly approaching landfall on the Florida coast. And, uh, you know, our thoughts and best wishes are with all of you guys. So stay safe. Uh, we will see you on the other side. And hopefully uh, early next week, uh, people won't be suffering from too significant uh, of yeah. property damage. Yep. Cool. Good call. Yes, indeed. Uh, all right. Emails. Nick, I wanted to get in touch with you. You could send me an email at nick at rchelinationcom or catch me on Facebook at nicklenrchn. How about you, Jesse? You could send me an email to jesse at rchelinationcom or you can catch me on Facebook as well. Justin? You could send me an email to justin at rchelination.com or catch me on Facebook or the forums as Justin Pucci. How about you, Sage? Uh, you can email me at sage at rchelination.com or catch me on Facebook or the forums as Razor Sharp. Oh, and that's S-A-J-E. Yes, yes, yeah. not, not the G. Got to say that every time <laughs> for a while, for a long time. Fair enough. I'm Dan. You can reach me at Dan K. Reed. Let's see. How, how do you want to get a hold of me here? Uh, the Facebook is Dan K. Reed. That's right. Okay. Now it's all straight in my head. Dan at rcalienation.com. <laughs> <laughs> Dan at rcalienation.com. Dan K. Reed on the forums and Facebook. Uh, we would encourage you to go check out our Facebook page. Uh, it's a great way to kind of find out what we're up to. Also, don't forget our webpage, www.rchelination.com. Apparel's in there now. Jeez, I was just getting ready to Sorry, say that. I was getting excited. Steal the thunder. I fucking hate you, Nick. No, Darlin's here. <laughs> if you would like to check out some apparel, you could do that on the webpage. And if you had questions about uh, any of that stuff, apparel, citizen registrations, you could send those to ken at com. 
I think we got a fairly good stock of, of uh, stuff, and I think, I, well, I know Nick mentioned it, I, well, I believe it was last week. We are going to try to get some restock, because apparently we sold quite a few of the new No Drones Here shirts. We did. There's yeah. not much left, dude. Yeah, we actually sold a little more than uh, we expected. <laughs> so, yeah, and I also want to make a note. Um, we have had, because of our, uh, how do we put this? Because of all you guys that listen, which we appreciate, we have been pushing so much freaking data through our website and server and all of that, that yes, we have been having some download problems. Larry's doing the best uh, that he can under the circumstances of how much time he donates and the fact that there's a, a hurricane trying to kill him currently. Um, we're just working through trying to see what's going to be best with us it, because we do a two hour show every single week. That means we have an almost silly amount of, of data that goes through our stuff. Uh, there's my technical term, right? It pisses off the servers. It, it pisses off a lot. It's just, it, it's because we have stuff everywhere and such a high quantity for what we're trying to do. You know, uh, we'll call it on a budget so that we can keep doing it. Uh, the podcast, you know, free charge and all that, all that good stuff. So, uh, just bear with us. We're trying to find the best solution. We're kind of dancing around that, you know, how do we build a cheap helicopter that still works every single week? <laughs> and Larry's doing his best to help us with it. So if it doesn't work, give it a little bit, you know, give it a day or so and, and maybe retry it. He's been getting them uh, fixed uh, within, usually within 24 hours. It just hasn't quite been the normal snappy every Monday morning like we're used to. Damn computers. I know. It's freaking tough. Apparently when you want to take over the world, there's more <laughs> stuff that goes along with it. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> well, on that note, guys, I think we'll wrap this one up. Uh, this has been episode 252. I'm sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We'll see you next Monday. Someone buy that 1600. And it's cold in here, Nick. Very cold. Later. Later. Take it easy, guys. Later. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by BK Designs, Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, Superiority and MSH USA. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. Yeah.